Here's the timeline of my Kanye West stock. 2004, I bought everything. Because of college dropout, because of the stuff that he produced for other people before that, produced some Blueprint, Black Album, then he goes and does I Don't Know Your Name for Alicia Keys, all the stuff he did for other artists. I don't even have to go down that whole memory lane. Then you then like in less than a year after college dropout, he drops late registration. I'm like, this kid is on fucking fire. 2008. He does an auto tune album. The album did grow on me, but I was like this. Mans is going in a different direction right now. He he got the he got the mullet afro and in the the fucking this, this is a little weird for me. This is getting a little weird. And he had the, the quote. Where Kanye said, my apartment is too nice to listen to rap music in. I will say it was smart. Like, just the fact he said apartment instead of mansion made it, like, less douchey. Just that distinction of saying my apartment. And by the way, when he said apartment, I'm sure he was talking about someplace in, you know, Manhattan overlooking Central Park when he said my apartment. I'm sure it was, like, a penthouse. I don't think it was, like, a... He definitely wasn't talking about a fucking studio apartment. He said my house is too nice to listen to rap music in. I was nervous and I sold off a little bit of my Kanye stock because I'm like, you know what? He's he's doing the fucking the auto tune and like T Pain doing auto tune. So he's like, I'm gonna do auto tune. A little nervous, right? Sold off some Kanye stock, especially around that time. Then Jay Z came with Death of Auto Tune, which Kanye produced. 2010, My Dark Twisted Fantasy. And the Good Friday series, we up. And by the way, if you don't remember the Good Friday series, that's when Kanye was dropping like he dropped like a few songs that was to be on uh, My Dark Twisted Fantasy on his blog. By the way, the 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 Kanye West his blog was actually pretty popping. Actually, I think that's actually where I first saw Drake was he posted the So Far Gone mixtape on his blog. Like Kanye was actually like a legit like blog rap place like he was up there with fake short drive and uh two dope boys and and dad piff and all that shit anyways i was like he would he would drop the good friday series and he'd have like the posse cuts and then he i remember he dropped a uh, devil in a blue dress and then a few weeks later he said five three more minutes of music motherfuckers and i added rick ross and then you hear the don't don't do i'm not gonna go down memory lane but I, I bought my Kanye, I bought my, my shares of Kanye stock back. Then 2010, right around, I want to say, because My Dark Twisted Fantasy came out November 2010. And I want to say, because, you know, obviously, yeah, it was doing press at the time. He apologized to George Bush. I sold 10 shares. Would have been 30 if My Dark Twisted Fantasy wasn't a motherfucking classic. Because I remember that George Bush... Uh, they asked him, like, what's the lowest part of your presidency? And he was like, when Conway West said, I don't care about black people. It's one thing you say, hey, this guy's not doing a good job, but I'm not a racist. And Kanye, there's something about there is something about older white men. When Kanye gets around older white men, he just uh, like the easy thing to say is like he shucks and jives and he becomes a house nigga. He becomes Uncle Ruckus. He becomes um whoever uh, Sam Jackson's character in uh Django Unchained was like we say we say like oh yeah he becomes that you know but what it really is is I believe 
he turns into uh by, by the way i i think like us saying an uncle ruckus to like you know uh make a point that somebody's a house nigga like i just think like that's like a little dated you know what i mean i don't know just because just like django and chain is more recent i don't know whatever i'm not gonna i'm not gonna nitpick at house nigga them <laughs> anyways um Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Sam Jackson's name in Django Chain was Stephen Warren, but at the same time, like that's that's not as catchy as Uncle Ruckus. Fuck it, let's leave it to be Uncle Ruckus. But anyways, this is thing where Kanye he gets around, and the same thing happened after the Taylor Swift shit. He was on Jay Leno back when Jay Leno was on at like 10 p.m., and it was like Leno fucked it up too because Leno was talking to him like not like he was a grown adult. He was talking to him like he was like a scolded kid in the principal's office and Kanye went along with it. Like Jalen's like, what do you think your mother would say? What do you think your mother would say about this? You know, she saw this. It's like, do not bring his dead mom up in this shit. Like ask him some questions. You're a professional interviewer, Jay Leno. Okay. You're not a journalist, but you are a professional interviewer. You're a comedian. You know how to like hold a stage. You're not a hold a conversation. And you're talking to this nigga like he's a fucking kid. And there's something on, and, but Kanye in that moment, he shrank. He didn't go, you have to understand. He didn't talk over him. He shrank. Jay Leno is an old white man. Kanye, at the time, was a young black man. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yes, yeah, yeah, I sold 10 shares, but it was a fucking classic. 2012. Niggas in Paris. Ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. I bought 10 shares of my Kanye stock back. You got to understand, 2012, I was 21 years old, having the time of my life doing comedy, started running shows, started taking trips down to LA. I was turned up. Not a lot of energy. And that's the thing about comedy that's interesting, because com- comedy on one hand it's got this thing where like it's a it's a young man's game in the sense where it's like you need the energy to run around every night and be like, yeah, I'll go here. What? Yeah, this don't really, this, the money isn't ideal, but fuck it. I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll do it. And saying yes and being in as many places as possible. But at the same time, it's like you don't have shit to talk about when you got all that energy to run around and you're young and you don't have the same voice. You know what I mean? So that's 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 what I would say is the 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 juxtaposition of doing stand up comedy. Anyways. Yeah, niggas in Paris, Watch the Throne. That was a fun time. It's not a classic album, it was really like a Kanye album featuring Jay Z. And like the song like lift off, like, okay, you got a song with you got a studio with Kanye, Jay-Z, and Beyonce, and that's all you guys come out with. Well, like, it, it didn't blow my fucking mind, but I'm like, nah, this is... It was a good hang for the time. It was like... It was like a NBA team that, you know, finishes as, like, a, a number four seed. It's like, you know, enjoy it. Anyways, 2013. Yeezus. That was... I mean, I, like, it's Kanye West, so obviously there was shit on it that I liked. You know, I liked, you know, Can't Hold My Liquor. I liked, um, uh, Fuck the Mother Niggas, because I'm down for it. I can't even remember the titles of the tracks like that, but I, I do remember there was stuff on there that I did like. Guilt Trip was dope. But ultimately, it's like just the way he was rapping that type of music. I'm like, I do not like this for you. Like, the nigga made a fucking industrial album. I'm like, this nigga's making industrial music and, and the fucking black skinhead and like they throwing contracts at me. You know niggas can't read. And I'm like, oh, he's deciding to get a little ignorant now. He's he's deciding to act like he never was at that fucking college. And he actually he probably barely went to class, being that his mama got him in. 
because she was a professor there. Um, but Jesus, you know, just like I, I'm just like not digging it. He made Sway, Sway in the morning, Sway Calloway, Calloway. He made Sway, the ultimate celebrity kiss ass, say, hey, I'm not a big nigga user, but nigga, don't come at me like that. When Kanye went on, his, you ain't got the answer, Sway, and he's pounding his fist on the table. He made Sway. The ultimate, Sway does like the most fucking softball celebrity, like that celebrities love coming to Sway because... They know they're not going to get no hard shit. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be like a kind of like a walk in the park. Okay, man, I just got to ask, man. Okay, look, and if this is a problem, just let me know. Like, Sway's played the game for a long fucking time. There's a reason he was, I don't know if he's still over there, but he was at a Shade 4 or 5 under, like, Eminem's brand for so long because it's like, you know. And, and I'm not, you know. Um, but, but he did that with Sway on camera. And then Kanye around this time, and he'd done it before, but it was more and more. He kept talking about gay white men that make clothes that don't fuck with him. I sold off 20 motherfucking shares. Nigga, 25. Fuck it. Call it 30. I'm like, niggas don't care about this. Because look, I, with rapper interviews, a lot of like the, the kind of like the, the bigger and better the rapper and the more charismatic the rapper, eventually the more kind of repetitive the interviews can get. Like, if you look at 1996, the only real good interview that Tupac did was with Tabitha Soren on MTV. And that was like right when he got out and it was before All Eyes on Me came out. And the interview took place, them walking on the beach in Venice and them uh, in the studio. But every other interview in 1996... It was just Tupac. It wasn't like, you know, him promoting like a movie that hadn't come out yet. Every other interview was just him talking about Biggie and the East Coast and the vibe interviews were rough. And like there was some there was some gems in there, of course, because it's Pac. But it was just like, when nobody's challenging. Also, like hip hop journalism at the time was almost kind of more like a fucking oxymoron. <laughs> you know, it was like <laughs> really like it was it was very lax like you didn't have like actual journal i mean you had actual journalism but you didn't have people like really challenging motherfuckers at the time but anyway so kanye is kind of getting to that tupac point which is not a good thing where it's like okay you're just kind of like listening to yourself talk it's kind of like when you see draymond green at a press conference and he's just kind of spinning around and thinking he's being all deep but it's just like dude look does jordan Poole forgive you or not you know 2016, the life of Pablo. The life of Pablo drops. My Kanye West stock portfolio is doing what I expect. I, I enjoyed Life of Pablo. It grew on me like a lot of fucking Kanye albums that came out after Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like they grew on me. I just sat with it and like, okay, I fuck with this. I fuck with this, and it's just kind of more vibe music. But it's not like you know that touch the sky, touch the sky, drive slow. You know. Barry Bonds type shit, where like the minute it comes on, I'm like, let's go, nigga. And by the way, I'm sure there's some other shit that I just forgot because what kind of so much happened. So this is just me going off the top of my head. 2018, you getting bodied by a TMZ nigga. Motherfucking Van Lathan. Not Van Latham, the nigga who was crying when 
Joe Biden became president. <laughs> that was fucking great. You really thought that shit was gonna be a moment. You remember? Remember when fucking. <laughs> Remember when he was doing that? He was like on CNN. He was like, "This is this is for our kids. This is this is for our um, you know." He was, oh man, that was fucking beautiful. And it was also like embarrassing too, you know. No, I'm sorry, Van Jones. See, I fucked it up too. I fucked it up too. No, when Van Jones. Was fucking crying on CNN. You know, I fuck with Van Latham. He's. Anyways, kind of goes to TMZ and does all of, you know, slavery. You think about 400 years, sounds like a choice and all that other shit. And then Van Lathan, not Van Jones, Van Lathan fucking destroys him in TMZ offices. And, you know, I got to say, like, that moment, I actually, I enjoy uh, the podcast he does with The Ringer. I really appreciate, you know, the the voice that Van Lathan is within uh, pop culture. And I'm going to say, that was a moment where I'm like, okay, this is the good, way before all the fucking post-George Floyd pamphlet, learn how to respect the nigga literature that white folks and others was reading for like two months, is that was an example of like, yo, this is what happens when you have a voice of conscience in a white space or in a space that just isn't black. You have something to say, some shit like that. Now, obviously, you know, Van, within his field, he is like, you know, special. He's, you know, like you don't have many people that could articulate on the spot like that and also have charisma and also stand up to somebody of such a caliber of celebrity because I don't think he was the only person in the room that thought what Kanye was saying was bullshit. He was the only one that had fucking balls. Um, which is why again special. And after that, I predicted it right. I was like, man, after this, bro, he's he's gonna get some deals. Anyways, that happened, and then 2018, same year, he fucked up a Nas album. Yeah, he gave us a Pusha T classic. Daytona is a fucking classic. Don't even argue with it. Um, he did do that from the from the Wyoming sessions, but he fucked up a Nas album. How do you fuck up? And like Nas was like his hero when he fucks up his hero. And obviously he saved all the good beats for him and the project he did with Cuddy and Push. And then I think and and Tanya Taylor she she had some good shit. And then I think by the time like he he got to Nas, it was just like he just didn't have any. Uh, he he probably should have just taken a vacation after that. But you know, um, and Nas around that time like he was like Nas was searching for. Like just something because like him and I noticed that him and a uh, Salam Remy they work together a lot. Like ever since I don't know if it was still Manic or Godson, but they're working together for a minute. And then we get to the album, uh, the 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 album he did with uh, Kanye in Wyoming. No Salam Remy, he's with Hit Boy and other producers, co-producing or whatever. But no Salam Remy. When I see stuff like that, I'm like, that had to be a fallout because producers often. I mean, artists often like working with the same producers. They don't like switching up because there's like, and that's why a lot of artists like they're like, man, they still kind of got the same sound, or man, I'm not really digging this. But it's like, hey, man, you in a fucking studio with somebody for like, you know, you know, four to six months, like you want it to be somebody that you enjoy working with. So you may be like, yeah, I'll kind of m- maybe take a lesser sound or you know, not go out of, just because I enjoy the process and this person gets my process so well, and I don't want to have to try to recreate that. Same reason people stay in fucking relationships for so long, they just aren't working. 
Anyways, uh, he fucked up a Nas album and he got bodied by a TMZ nigga. Um, 2019, dropped a Christian album and he was doing his little outdoor cult. Or what you guys will probably call Sunday service. I sold off everything except one share. I clearly have never been to Wall Street at this point, people. <laughs> no, man, the fucking the Jesus is King album, like, wasn't a fan of it. It was there's like stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then around that same like that same year, he's got the with little pump. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. And then he's saying everybody working on my album must abstain from sex if they're not married and must not watch pornography. And then we hear like he's producing the porn hubs. I'm just like, I can't, it's not even like I need my artists to do everything that they say, but I'm just like, I'm there's not a good, there's like more stuff about you contradicting yourself and you saying wacky shit than there is actual good music. Okay. You got to shoot. Oh, you were, you were 50 million in the hole. Oh, now you're a billionaire. I don't give a fuck. I'm here for the music, my nigga. I am here for the music. But I kept one share of Kanye stock left just for the off chance where I'm like, the same way like you never count LeBron out, the same way you'd never count the Warriors out. Like, yeah, it may not look good for them with injuries or whoever LeBron has, but it's like, you know, 2019 Cavs, like, or no, I'm, no 2018 Cavs. Hey, you never know. You know, 2020 Lakers, hey, it could happen, you know. Sands the bubble. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that I was just like, you know what? Hey, it could happen. 2020, a year we will never forget. But it's already kind of starting to feel like a long time ago. Kanye West is crying with a bulletproof vest on. A few months later. I go in a vote for president and I see his name. Well, this kind of sounds pussy me saying it like that. I want to vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> and I see his name on a presidential ballot. I sold off everything. And look, when I say this, it's not a matter of me being like, I'm canceling Kanye. I don't believe in canceling people i just believe in muting them or if they actually did some fucked up shit then you know let justice or let the people's let justice in whatever form it may take resolve the situation but if you're like a public figure in the voice i don't believe in cancellation per se but it's like can i really enjoy you the same way i can't even like really listen to old kind the same way it's like with r kelly where it's like look i get you know you grow up in that time, R. Kelly's like a... And look, there's like hooks where like, I'm not gonna like fast forward R. Kelly hook. Like, I fucking love his hook on Jeezy's Go-Getter. You know, uh, Biggie's fucking you tonight. I'm not gonna just be like, oh, I, I just can't. It's like, like he's like fucking Baltimore and Harry Potter. But at the same time, it's like, look, when you listen to R. Kelly sing about a bitch, you gotta go... You know that nigga wasn't thinking about no grown woman when he was writing them lyrics. <laughs> you gotta go, but can I think about a grown woman? Can I just enjoy the music? But I'm, bro, I be thinking about like teenage girls when like when I hear him sing about like some pussy. I'm just like, this nigga ain't talking about no grown ass woman right now. <laughs> I don't want to hear like a, a, a old nigga sing about teenage pussy. Like that's just that's just not my bag, you know. Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I can't, you know, I can't listen to niggas say it. Like, there's a few tracks, like, I mean, I don't know, like, fucking. But even, like, a joint, like, uh, Players Only, like, where it, Scott Storch produced it, and it's a game verse. And, and it's, it's just, like, a real mid-2000s, like, when niggas was doing all them, like, kind of Indian Arabic flutes and whatever, and sitars on them tracks with 808s. That was a fun time. Because Timbaland stole all them songs from the Middle East, and then, you know, of course, everybody followed. Um, even that song where he's like, play is only, I'm like, man, this nigga was probably, like, I think about him actually living the music, and I'm like, this nigga was probably trying to get 15-year-olds up in a nightclub and probably, like, you know, paying bouncers, like, fucking $200 to, like, let them in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't, you know, so with Kanye, it's just kind of like... Chicago gonna be mad at this because them niggas have ultimate fucking bias. Like they see no wrong in their people. It's gonna be hard to li- it's just like even when they listen to old Kanye, I'm just kinda like, but did you really mean it? It, it like was it, it I, I I just can't take it in the same. So it's not about canceling. If he comes out with some shit, I fuck with. I'll listen to it. But I mean, you know. That is the timeline of me selling off. All my Kanye West stock. This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Behrens. Thank you very much for tuning in. We got a special guest today. He is a L.A. native. He is a fantastic comedian. He's appeared on Comedy Central. We met about a month ago at the Hollywood Improv. We wasn't getting up. We just hanging out, supporting the homies. And we got to talking at the bar and... Five minutes into our conversation, I was like, this guy's got to be on the pod. You guys are about to see why. We talk a lot of California history. We talk some gang culture, which is California history, my brother, <laughs> among other things. Plenty of comedy stories, plenty of road stories. Hope you guys enjoy the show and hope you enjoy my conversation with Ralph Guerra. All right, so I got to tell you, Ralph. I really fucking love your Instagram bio. Mm. You you say um, because like I, I put like my credits and like a link right. tree in there because I'm trying to get pussy off Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still in that, I'm still in that phase of life. Man, I don't know if that'll ever end. Even when Instagram's like the old, old, old app, like I feel like yeah. you know, we'll still be fucking 55 years old. And be like, hey, you know, you s- s- saw me on uh, MTV Parental Control. My don't tell reel had to yeah. five million. Yeah, you know? hey, that was a big thing then. That's big a, thing. That's gonna be like our evening at the improv. Exactly. <laughs> yep. No, but you said uh, in your bio, you said um, what do you say? Uh, uh, j- uh, just a guy that never left his hometown. And then you put the pin, LA. Yeah, just such a dope flex. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, it, you know, when it's like when I wanted to, I knew I wanted to do stand up like pretty early on in my life. Like I must have been like thirteen or fourteen. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm in like the capital of it. Uh, yeah. So I might, you know, and every, you know, I have my support system here and everything's, you know, everything's uh, good in that sense. But in retrospect, I wish I moved anywhere else, any, any other scene, you know, Seattle, Denver, Portland, San Diego, even San Diego, anywhere to like cut your teeth. Cause like LA is the all-star game. Like you, yeah. it, it was so hard um getting good shows and then once you start getting hot early you're still not good enough you're not good enough to really make a good impression because you know 
those people are used to seeing, you know, freaking back then, like Dane Cook and Papa yeah. Francisco and just like straight murderers. And you're just like, all right, well, here's, I have five minutes of kind of okay stuff, you know. Why are they not used to seeing those guys anymore? Uh, you mean these days? Yeah. I mean, I, they still they still do it. I mean, I, I think... Because um, this is, like, more... Like, I mean, because, like, one, I think it's just too many fucking comedians, period. There is. Yeah, absolutely. And and, it, there, and I would even say there's, like, too many fucking shows. Yeah, you know, there is a lot of shows. I mean, it's, it's oversaturated. Everyone in L.A., um, most audience members have been to multiple comedy shows. Yeah. Like, every audience member knows a comedian. Yeah. Like, everyone knows someone and it's just like they've been to so many bad shows you know and then if you go into like the middle of nowhere i mean they have they see comedy show this is something they've had like circled on their calendar for like weeks and weeks and weeks and they're amped and they're like let's see comedy it's like that's i think that's why probably they're like they're just like we don't care what you say just make us laugh (coughs) you don't get a freaking steel mill I'm not trying to think that deeply. Like, don't <laughs> don't take too many risks, but just say, make the shit funny. I don't want some artsy shit. Exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah, I know. Like, I'll see. Like, a, I know a comic had a good set when they like post a clip or like a a picture of them. And they're like, let us know when you're coming back to Klamath Falls. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh you yeah. must have done well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking, uh, let me know when you're coming back to Bristol, Pennsylvania. You're like, oh man. <laughs> Jesus, the freaking the amount of strange cities I've been in across like the United States is just like where you're just like I can't believe that this is this is a life like they they, they grow up here they work here you know they, then they have the one the one bar in town they go to yeah. everyone knows each other and like it's just it, it blows my mind and then like I'm we're like comedians to them or especially ones from like New York or LA or Chicago are like aliens yeah they like have no idea how to even interact with them. They're like, all right, well, we're just going to take you down to Moe's bar and get you drunk. (laughs) Well, okay. So what are some places that you will just never go back to? Like weird, small towns that are, um, weird, small towns. Like, I'll tell you like the places I will never, I'm never going back to Humboldt County. I, I did a show at some theater that, um, I guess fucking, uh, uh, and it, it was only like 30 people and it was like this big auditorium and this like little small like western town but it's like trees and forest all over right. it we go me and uh the uh, guys feature featuring for me clay newman uh-huh. uh we go we go to a bar and we sit down no service they see us hey how you doing and then they walk away to the end of the bar and like yo what the fuck yeah then we go to um so we're like all right well fuck it we're just gonna get some beers for the hotel and then we're in line and with the beer, and this white dude walks past me and says, Muslim. <laughs> well, I feel like, <laughs> we gotta get the fuck out of this town Man, when this show's done. Humboldt County? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I didn't, I mean, I guess, I guess, like, once you, in between freaking San Francisco and, uh, and LA, it's a whole new world of, uh, of California. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, well, because Humboldt is well, like oh, south north. of, yeah, 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 it's yeah, north, it's north, yeah. But so it's like past wine country, past Sacramento. Of, right. Um, Bristol was pretty, Bristol was pretty bad. Birmingham, Alabama was, uh, scary. Uh, the shows were fun, but like going out, I mean, that's the thing for like, I love doing a show going to, uh, like the local hangout. Like, I don't like going to like the TGF Fridays. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I call them uh, verb bars or like, like it's a 
it's a bar named after a verb like hop or spill or some, some <laughs> bullshit like fucking thing that there's a million in LA. So I like to go to like a place where it's like there's like no windows and like I like like meeting like real local people. So me and some other comedians were running around uh, Birmingham and just like and like we're so like la and like obnoxiously la like we will walk stroll in and then just like start talking to everybody and like have the bartenders laughing and uh, and, like a lot of like the local dudes like did not like that and like we almost got into this like huge bar fight the reason why we didn't was because they have cops in every bar they have just a cop just posted just like instead of a security guard it's a cop inside the bar maybe maybe the cops just drink but like they're just posted like ready for shit to go down that's, that's Sheriff Johnny's son right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they all know each other. Oh, yeah. When when the cop calls the other dude by their first name, like, it's not worth it, Ronnie. Then it's like, <laughs> it's like we're, we got to get the fuck out of here. In hindsight, is there anything where you, you feel like you fucked up or you guys fucked up? Because I remember John Sally was telling this story of um, how Laker, was John Sally? Yeah, as a Laker. As a yeah. Laker. So he was like, it's him, Shaq. I'm going to assume Kobe was like, in a hotel room, just looking right. at footage. Right, right, right. right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just obsessively looking at you know Ray Allen's footwork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was it was him, Shaq, and some. Of the, I'm I'm assume D Fish and, and uh-huh. guys like that. And basically, he said that John was you know like Rick Fox was there. Rick Fox was definitely there. Rick Fox was there, dude. <laughs> Rick Fox is the guy that like gets you into any clubs, any club, even ones that Sha- Shaq couldn't get into. Rick Fox could get. Yeah, Shaq seems like he, he gets in the club where it's it's like uh like Century Club or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's with Ja Rule and yeah. like Rick Fox goes into like the underground spot. Oh with yeah, the... he's hanging out with like freaking Serbian princes and shit. <laughs> it's like right next to like a dumpster, and oh, you like yeah. you wouldn't know it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's like what's the password this week? And Rick oh, always yeah. has it. Yeah, yeah. But he was telling the story, um, basically how they're in this club, and it was like. I, I, it was somewhere in like North Carolina's east, like Eastern Seaboard, and basically it, John Sally was like, and then I seen how the dudes was looking, the tough dudes, the drug dealers, because we're we're getting all the attention, we're right, still in yeah. their women. Yo, we gotta go, yeah. we gotta go, and then we heard some shots ring out, right. you know, and basically what he's saying is like, all right, you come in all hot, taking their women and just being the life of the party, and these are guys that work with their hands, and right. this is all they have. And, like, yeah. you didn't, like, save them any dignity. Or, like, so do you think it was that? Do you think it was, like... You know, I think, yeah, I think it, I think it was exactly that. And I think it was um, just the fact that they were, they're probably the guys that have all the attention, You like, you know, six days out of the week. Yeah. And one day that, you know, some, some freaking three guys from L.A. roll up and, like, just, and fun guys. So like, that, my whole, every time I'm at a bar or a club or whatever... Uh, usually bars, not really clubs, but it's like, just be the most fun person in the room. And like, that'll attract, you know, cool people, girls, like whatever, like whatever you want, like just be the most fun person in the room and that will attract people. But it also attracts trouble sometimes, like in this yeah. case, where it's just, and thank God we were with our buddy, uh, James Fry, who's 6'5", you know. Six oh five, yeah, James is a big guy. 240, and so the guy, James is, is, is also like the, the, the loudest, biggest personality uh, of us all. And uh, the, this guy walked up to him. This guy must have been like, I don't know, like five, nine, like just like, just little, like whatever, like walked up to James and was like, what would you do if I punch you in the face right now? 
and then James James was just like, uh, uh, I wouldn't do that, man. It's like, you know, no big deal, you know, da da da. And he's like, what would you do if I punch you in the face? And he's like, I wouldn't. And the guy's like, what would you do if I punch you in the face? And then James, he, he like switched from this like nice, like happy-go-lucky, whimsical comedian. And he just goes, then fucking do it. <laughs> and, then, and then me and Sam look at each other. Uh, Sam Conroe, we're two little cats. And we're just like, oh boy, here we go. We're about to throw down. And then that's when the freaking cop comes running over and like figures out, and kind of figures out who's, who started it. And then the bartender's like, Ronnie started it. Ronnie, we got to get you out of here, bud. <laughs> and this is Alabama? It's Birmingham, Alabama. Jesus. Yeah. It's different. I, yeah, I, I, it's... It, that was just culture shock for me in general. Like I've never seen like uh, I've never seen white people working on a subway like that to me <laughs> blew my mind. And they were so and they were like the worst. Like just like all messed up on heroin. Like just like falling asleep in the like subway. at like eating at the subway or working at the working subway. Working at the subway. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very weird. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, like you know. It's so you never go back to Birmingham? Probably, probably. I don't know. You give me enough money, I'll go fucking anywhere. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like where it's like, all right, it's. I'm not gonna hang out there. No. You'd be like straight to the hotel room, or like, let me see if I can get on a flight right after. Right. I mean, but like some, you know, some cities are like, you know, super. Even like Lexington, Kentucky. You hear Kentucky, and you're like, oh, I gotta stay with there. But Lexington was like, this place is like super progressive. Like everyone's like. Fun, cool. I mean, like everyone like shoots guns and like rides horses and shit. Yeah. But like they're like like nice people, and they're not like you know crazy. You know, and maybe and maybe they are Trumpers, but they're polite Trumpers. But who knows? I was talking with uh, Anya Malik years ago, and Anya was like, "Well, when I have a gig and I'm out somewhere, I need to go to the biggest city possible right after the gig. I'm not staying there in that vicinity. Yeah. I will be." It, like I will go to Sacramento if you've got me over there in the woods with them others. Yeah. You know and, and I'm like, that is like a good, that is like a good way to do it, to go to like the most metropolitan city you can yeah. after. If you can't, otherwise with Birmingham is the most metropolitan that, city. That's all you can get. That's all there is down there, man. It's like, you know, and it's, and so sometimes even in big cities, you're like, well, where the fuck am I? Like, holy shit. So there, so I would I would obviously go back there, but I really don't like Portland. It's like Portland's weird, dude. Yeah, it really is weird. And my 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 experience with Portland is like I you know did a couple shows there, but like the the craziest thing is like driving up to Seattle and like stopping in Portland at like three a.m. going to like Voodoo Donuts. This fucking white lady, I'm telling you, she's like she looked like she could have been a doctor. Like she was just like a normal. 65 year old white woman probably looks like a mother you know mother of three kids are all gone in college she walks up to us she's wearing a trench coat she opens up her trench coat i swear to god she has raw steaks <laughs> raw fucking steaks and she's like you guys want some some cuts of beef and then we're just like no first of all we're getting donuts and then we're with uh, martin rizzo and martin rizzo's like well, what kind do you have and like, no <laughs> You're not buying a freaking trench coat steak. Would Martin have bought the steak? Uh, he probably would have. Just for the story. Okay. Oh, I got the steak, dude. <laughs> he would have he cooked it. I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, God, dude. 
just raw steaks in a trench coat. It's just like, why are you? There is basically a caricature of of that city. I I was there. Uh, I remember because I did like a weekend. And for the listeners that are tired of hearing me tell a story, sorry, I've got one life. I was working uh, with Trenton Davis, and this was the week the pandemic started. So the NBA had already shut down, but they didn't close the shows. Right. So this was like January thirteenth. No, no, uh, March. March 13th, 14th, oh, wow. yeah, 2020. Right, right about. Yeah, so we were getting like the worst audience. This is at Harvey's. Then we're at the bar, and this one lady, and we're both like in bad moods. Yeah. And just like the panda, all that stuff. Yeah. And this one lady's like, excuse me, um, do you, uh, can I put my gums uh, in a cup? <laughs> and, and then Trenton just goes, fucking Portland out loud. <laughs> no class. Like, we're just, because there's somewhere, yeah. I, I think it's bad for white people to all live too concentrated together because right. then they start thinking they know about life in the world right when they like right 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 and there is i mean there, there's there when you get concentrated white whether it's whether they they're red or blue like it's what what comes out of it usually it's it's just like something you've never seen before yeah and that's what it's like in portland i feel like what was the, the type of neighborhood that you grew up in like uh racially demographic uh so i grew up in like by the airport so uh okay in west la so um like mar vista uh like westchester culver city okay. venice like that the, those neighborhoods so like really diverse uh like growing up mostly black and then i went to an all pretty much white high school so it was like i saw the whole you know the whole grid yeah um Cause, cause especially like even where I grew up, like by the airport, you'd have all the kids that were bussed in from like South Central and stuff. Um, and then when I went to high school, I went to high school in El Segundo, which is South of the airport. And that's a different, uh, school system. Uh, and they're like, they, I think there was maybe there's probably like uh, 10 to 15 black kids, maybe 30 Latinos like it was it was not a lot and it, and they like they were like white kids that like have, were, have never been checked before in their life like they mm. like you know mm. what I mean they're just like what the fuck like and for context you're Salvadorian right uh Honduran and Hondur- Mexican Honduran and Mexican yeah okay. um what's your mom my mom's Honduran my dad's like fifth generation Angelino like okay. my grandpa is from Los Angeles so he He's pretty like he's more Chicano than he is uh, like Mexican. He's he's more like. All right, so I have a theory when people are biracial is can we say you're biracial? Uh, yeah, it I feels th- a little I mean, weird to yeah, say, but no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 like super light skinned Latino. I, I would say like whitewashed because I was my mom, even though she's straight from Honduras, she had a tough time assimilating, so she wanted me to be like American as fuck. Okay. So I only learned Spanish from my grandma, and I've all, and I've already forgot most of it. So like I can I can understand like people, but yeah. like, speaking it, it's, it I have to, it takes me a long time. So my so my theory about uh, biracial folk is they are whatever the mom is culturally. Right. So whatever the mom is, that because the mom brings in the culture, mom does the cooking. Right. That's so like so on one hand with you, it's kind of interesting because I feel like all right, but you're in L.A., which is like you know. A very Mexican city, right. but then at the same time, it's like your like you got your mom who who's from Honduras, but yeah. at the same time, she wants you to assimilate. So, like, what would you say you kind of like are? 
you know, I, I, uh, like culturally that you just like, I, I would say, I would say Latino, but like, um, it's funny. Cause like, there's so many people like me in LA where it's just, you're, it's so much of a melting pot where it's just like, there's so many people that are biracial. There's so many people that, you know, had a Jewish mother and like, you know, a Muslim father, like and yeah. there's so many different, you know, grow, you grow up Catholic, but then, you know, you go to a freaking um, whatever type of school and you're just like, or I, like I went to Catholic middle school and it was just like everything. And, you know, you, everybody's from all different types of uh, walks of life. So it's, it's kind of just like, uh, it's, it's, you really, I, I identify most as like an Angelino and someone who's from Los Angeles. But if I would say like culturally, I would say Latino because like a lot of, a lot of people are like my dad's side too, are like, I like, there's some fucking like hardcore, like, you know, like they like they were in like the Zoot Suit riots and stuff, which was like big, you know, big war between like Chicanos back in the 30s and 40s, and they're fighting with like naval officers, and then like. It, Wait, uh, yeah. where did this take place? L.A. L.A. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, so it was all you know the you know I, you you know like the familiar with like the big Zoot Suits and stuff, yeah. like the masks, like the big stuff, and like there was like Chicanos in like the 30s and 40s, and uh, like the naval officers would come back and they they would like be like f- just big freaking brawls in the streets and they were mad that the Chicanos were like getting their girls and stuff and it was just like ugly, ugly, ugly. And then like Kinda like Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. And then you know then uh, then all of, and then you get all the redlining and stuff and then all you yeah. know, all the you know different you know you stay here, you stay here, you get all the white flight. You gotta like a lot of people don't know this like Compton, Inglewood, all these places they, they were white. Oh yeah. They were white, white, white and then they kept going West, 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 and then. They, well, yeah, because my family migrated out in like around that. I want to say my family came out here in like the forties, thirty. Because my grandma, she was from Oklahoma. She remembers, uh, and she passed away in like twenty eighteen. And she remembered uh, Tulsa, Black Wall Street. Like oh, wow. she saw the shit burn down. Jeez. As like she was like maybe like five years old or something. Yeah. And then my granddad, he was from Baton Rouge. And he came, he came to Oakland and my grandma came to LA. So they like, and they remember when it's like, they remember when like, you know, Windsor Hills, View Park, South Central was like, you know, white. And when they started moving out and shit. So it's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, I mean, now, and now you go up there and it's, you know, I mean, the, you know, Baldwin Hills and all that. I was like, that was Black Beverly Hills, like for yeah. forever. And it's white. It's starting to get white again. It's basically. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. It's funny. My uncle, um, is a jazz musician slash, I mean, he's retired now, but he's a jazz musician and he wrote one popular song that, um, all my love is all I had that, uh, JLo and, uh, LL oh, okay. did. And I guess JLo did not clear the, its original Debbie Law song. She didn't clear it. Uh-huh. So then they went to court and he said, all right, Sony, all right, JLo, you got to pay me X amount of dollars for the rest of my life. In perpetuity yeah. throughout the universe. So he got himself a really, really fucking nice house up in um like View Park. Like three stories. Real fucking nice. Then one day, I hadn't been there in a long time. Yeah. Oh, next I want you I want you to try this one. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. Um, 
We're drinking, oh. we're drinking Gatorade, by the way. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit you first. Free, glacier Freeze Gatorade. We, right now, we're drinking the Pairing Syrah out of 2019 out of San Inez, which is a nice uh, $24, $25 find. And we're uh, what we just opened is a Field Recordings uh, Dom. Or, oh. Can you say it? Uh, you speak Spanish. Domo Arigato. Japanese. <laughs> out of uh, the Central Coast. And it is. Uh, it is a uh, an orange wine. An orange wine is made out of uh, it's so like red wine is made with the skins on it, and right. white wine is made with the skins off it. And orange wine is just white wine grapes with the skins on. So, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so for the people listening, yeah, yeah, for go. the people listening, where I brought this uh, to our show on uh, on Friday, and I I let uh, Sammy taste it, and you got there late, but so I'm like, I'm, I'm excited uh-huh. for you to see how you like yeah. that. Um. Uh, View Park. Yeah, yeah, View Park. Okay, yeah. So I go there. Thank you. So I go there one time, and uh, and this was like years later. And I knock on the door, and this scared white lady answers. And I'm like, what's? Up? I'm like, my uncle Jeff. Like, did they get a white maid or something? Like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? Damn, that's how you really made it. Yeah, I was, I was like, white women. You gotta pay extra for a white maid. <laughs> Do they have? They normally have like like fucking like goofy European accents oh, yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually they're like Eastern Russian or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, but if you can get like a white maid from fucking like, <laughs> like an American white maid. Oh yeah, you get like a white maid from Nebraska. Yeah, that's freaking. That's good stuff. <laughs> Just to escape the opium epidemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the opioid crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Opium. That's that's yeah. that's old school shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, oh shit, there's white people there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So that leads me to, um, cause this, this, what's his name's from, uh, View Park, the, um, the old DJ, what's his name? Uh, the producer, the guy that did, uh, um, he produced, this is how we do it. He founded, uh, Cypress Hill, he founded all those guys. Really? White guy. Yeah. DJ Muggs? No, it's, uh, um, off, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, he, they just made a document, a documentary about white, his name's a white boy from Crenshaw. Really? Yeah, I, I, it's I looking, uh, damn, I forgot his oh, name. Uh, okay, Ricky, oh wait, this looks great. I'm on OJ right now. Ogia Pierce? Mm. Oja, because I'm looking at this. No, 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 no. Look, at up, uh, look up White Boy from Crenshaw. You'll find it. Okay, okay, okay. White Boy from Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul DJP Stewart. Yeah, yep. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, but okay. So that leads me to um, what? Because uh, uh, for context, like we only met like normally people I have on the pod, I've known like for at least like five, six, seven years or whatever, and at least that. And I rarely have people I only met a few times. Mm-hmm. But what kind of solidified is we met at the Hollywood Improv at a uh, Joe Prano show. Right. Right. And. Let me do let, let me do the obligatory uh black person shouting somebody out. Shout out Joe Prano. Yeah, man. <laughs> Joe Prano. Had, a, had the all white show that night. Right? It seems like was, And he tried to get me on it like Yeah, he's uh, like, hey man, uh, we, we gotta get you on here before uh, He said that to you too? No, no, he basically said he's like, I'll have I'll I'll get yeah, my kind of brown friend, uh Ralph to do the freaking next show. <laughs> and the light skin community yeah, yeah, does yeah. crowd work and says the N word. It's funny. I, I, I'm light skinned but I have a very, uh, I have a very deaf jammy set. And, yeah. And so with, the, with all the crowd work and the, 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 the impressions oh, of the coonery. Def Jam, dude. That's that's the, that's the first uh, comedy I started watching. 
Really? Uh, Who's Martin, Martin Lawrence was like, I loved like Run Tell That and all that. Like that was like my favorite because. Uh, and how old are you? I'm, I'm 33. 33. Okay. So you're born 89. Yeah. Okay. So it was like it was. There's a lot of Def Jam. Um, uh, you know, it was Comic View. It was uh, um, John Leguizamo's stuff because like the Freak. Yeah, because yeah. it was like it was watching comedy like before. Like I look at it before Dane Cook. It was just kind of like a bunch of old Italian guys that just like talked about their wives. And it wasn't until. What are you saying? Are you saying that's what comedy was for you, or that's how you? That's what comedy was for like uh, people that weren't black or brown. Ah, okay, okay. You know, for white people and Italian, like it wasn't. There wasn't too much. Would you say vaudeville as well? Yeah, I mean, I would say newer than that. I would say like in like the nineties and two thousands. Oh, okay. So like it was like if I I I love Comedy Central presents and like that's like but like watching I never really could like um, connect with any of the comedians. And it wasn't until like uh, the internet comedians came around, like the Dan Cook, Daniel Tosh, like Pablo Francisco, when they came, I was like, oh, like I can relate to that. Like being a 13 year old kid, like, and that's where freaking it all took off. But before that, I was like, I love like, you know, Martin Lawrence, Jamie Foxx, like all those guys. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Jamie Foxx is probably the, one of the most talented people of all time. I know. And I, I'm so disappointed at the, artistic decisions he makes it's so frustrating because it's like dude you you did movies of michael mann i don't i don't really like ray as a movie but i like right. it as yeah, a yeah. performance it's not like very rewatchable but right. collateral is one of my favorite movies period because i love great. michael mann yeah. miami vice is like fun yeah. it's you know it's i think miami vice is almost like an art house belly where yeah. it's like just really dope to look at yeah yeah, yeah. oh exactly 100%. you know if miami vice came out like this year it would be like way stylized like almost oh yeah can you imagine it like on like hbo max it's oh you know, yeah did, did you see tokyo vice no i'm watching it right now michael mann executive produced it it's set in japan and it's got michael mann's dna all over right. it and it's like very stylized yeah. and it's set in uh late 1990s japan about a american dude that wants to learn about the japanese underworld highly recommend it but anyways um no but so with jamie is it's like even with stand-up it's like disappointing because it's like Dude, like, you just tell, like, you just do impressions on podcasts and tell, like, I'm like, if I got to hear that story one more time about, like, when he threw Puff Daddy a party for $400, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, go to the fucking Laugh Factory and fuck around. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I love it, and and people send it to me and all that shit, but, like, do the shit on stage. Uh, His Trump impression is the the best. Yeah. It's the best Trump impression I've ever heard in my entire life. Same dance, rap, comedy, right, like, he could do, he does it all. Yeah, he's he's great on the couch. Like he's like I'd say like my top favorite comedians on the couch are like Don Rickles is number one. Yo, Nobody Rickles, beats yeah. Don on the couch. Then I would say Jamie Foxx is like he'll come in with the band like oh yeah. uh, uh, what's going on Jimmy? Yeah, because he, oh, yeah, he, play, he plays it. He plays yeah. It so well, yeah, I like uh, I'm a, I, I like Eric Andre a lot. I like the the weird off the wall. Shit. Well, the yeah, shit. When he does, especially when he goes to a couch, because I, I just like seeing how uncomfortable the host gets, because he's like, you can tell they're just so tense. They're like, please don't fuck this <laughs> up. Please don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> I would say, um, oh yeah, you were talking, you were talking about like uh, early comedians where you're just like, oh yeah, I really like fucking relate to this guy. I was, or, or like they resonate. I'm gonna say Chris Rock was like the first yeah. one because it just. It just felt like it was like loud, but it was saying something. Right. And everything he said had purpose, yeah. so like it could like it could captivate like a, a angsty twelve, thirteen year old. Yeah, 
that yeah, it's and it's a, it, a lot of it was is simply stage presence, like the fact that like like Chris Rock, Martin Martin Lawrence, like just used the whole stage as opposed to just sitting there, microphone in the stand. It's just like that was just like boring to me. All right, so I got Chappelle like resident because I remember. 13, 2004 was like a pivotal year for me because I moved from L.A. to the Bay Area. It was really a culture shock. I was very miserable. So you grew up in L.A. till you were 13? Yeah, L.A. and Long Beach. Right, right. So you were in View Park? I was in, yeah, yeah. I was in View Park for a minute, living with my aunt, and then I was in Long Beach like before oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you like fuck around with like Earl's and all that? With what? Earl's, like Earl's hot dogs and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was... Yee's Chinese restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the vibes. Yeah, man. Now I fuck with whenever I can, I can get out to like Inglewood. I've, I fuck with um Hungry Joe's Jamaican. That's Jamaican. Oh yeah, life. yeah. Uh, 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 barbecue wise, uh, Doolin's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've I just had blood cells. Like, what's the best barbecue in LA? Man, I don't know. I like uh, I like uh, it's called like Memphis Blues in Venice, but there's like I. LA, it's it's kind of hit or miss. Like, it's yeah. like, and a lot of the places are too hyped, and you get there, it's like fuck. Yeah, I hate those bar where it's it's like a piece of because I like like black Texas where it's like give me like some spicy sweet right. barbecue like sauce. Do you like, do you like yeah. brisket and all that? Like big time. I like some brisket. I like I like beef or pork ribs like and a hot link. Give me that some yeah. potato salad, uh-huh. Uh-huh. white bread. I'm good. Right. Okay. So you you moved to uh, to the Bay at 13. Yeah, I moved to the Bay at 1304. So for me, like, and the fact that, like, I just really didn't like the culture and I just was I wasn't in the hyphy. I was in the sideshows. I'm like, bro, we gangbanging out right. here. Fuck this. Right, like, right, right, right. so for me, like, I really got immersed in art. Like, so I had friends or whatever, but, like, I wasn't, like, a weird, like, I wasn't. Like, How much Andre Nicotina did you listen to? None. Really? None. No, I, bro, I was listening to Only Built for Cuban Links and Life After Death and it was written, like, I was, like, right, a right. big East Coast hip hop. Oh, got God. it, got it. I was that I was that kid. I'm like I like lyrics. Right, right, dude. That's so that's so funny you say that because like all my buddies like we like hang out in like garages and we're just like you know every every different color uh, under the rainbow just like hanging out in a garage in L.A. like just listening to so much Andre Nicotina like smoking weed because you're only because you're 19 you're like all right like every party is one girl for 45 dudes. <laughs> you're just like cool party, dude. There's tits here. <laughs> so, but so that year, um, it was like the year of Kanye and the year of Jamie in 2004. Oh, right, yeah. And I just remember seeing Jamie just kill it. Like Jamie made me want to be like funny. Right. Like it was. It was, and it, he wasn't doing any stand up. He was just like going on like Letterman and Oprah, and he go to 106 and Park. And the thing that was so cool about Jamie is he go to this really stiff white shit and be funny. Then he go to like this. You know, fly over late night show, be funny. Then he'd be like on BET and be like, oh, what's up? We in here, Black Excellence. You know, and then he'd be funny. I'm just like, wow, that's like how you were saying, like, be the funnest person in the room. Yeah. Like, that's what I think Jamie embodies more than anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even like, uh, what's the story about his name? That like he wanted to have like a female name. He, uh, yeah. So at the open mic, they were, they were doing um, women got up first. Yes. Women got up early. And he, this is problematic now. <laughs> so he was like, uh, let me choose a unisex name. So he did Jamie and then Fox because he likes Red Fox. Yep. Better name than Eric Bishop, too. Yeah. He doesn't look like an Eric. No, Eric Bishop. Yeah, that, that's, like a, that's like a CPA. So All right, so here's a little fun Jamie anecdote. So it was this dude 
I made beats back in the day. Like that was like like. What did you make them on? Fruit Loops. Uh no, actually, shout out moms. I got uh, I got a fucking uh, Roland. Oh Roland. Oh okay. yeah. So yeah, I had yeah. like an actual keyboard, oh, and I wow, was wow. like, yeah. I was yeah. So I was like figuring stuff out by ear and did like little interpolations. I like, get uh-huh. MIDI files, and I was decent. Yeah. Know? And I, I sold like a few beats in the hood, like to, yeah. to for like twenty dollars, like yeah. you know. And but so anyway, so it's just I met this one dude, and he he managed like Jayquan when he by the time he's like way after Tipsy. And dude's name was FN. He's like a, he's like a man, you know, he's like kind of full of shit, kind of pimpy. But he did like the thing that like a lot of dudes, where it's like, hey man, it's this little kid in the hood trying to make something of himself. And like, it, uh, we would play basketball together. And then he'd be like, all right, man, let me take this little nigga to wing stop. You know? And, then, and he'd be like, what's up, man? You want fries? You want drinks? He's like, you think, yeah, I'll drop you off at your mom's. Like, you gas money, nigga? And like, he would just do that to stunt. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like, man, let me, let me. And then he would just like show me what he's working on. And then now looking back, I'm like, okay, he got what he got out of it was like he gets to be the man. Yeah. And then I get to just be like, oh, why are you doing this? And yeah. I'm like this little kid in the hood of West Oakland. Yeah. So he show he is like, yeah, DVD, man. Your boy's on there. I'm like, who? Your boy's on there. And then I see it, and it's just it's like raw footage of him with a camera and Jamie Foxx. He said Jamie Foxx is his house in L.A. And he's like playing beats and whatever. And um, it's funny. <laughs> Jamie goes, and J- Jamie goes, you know, and I was talking with my little homie, and he's like, I'm drinking two drinks right now. He's 19 years old. I said, uh, nigga, grow up and do some cocaine. And I hung up on him. <laughs> like, this even like raw footage of Jamie is like yeah. fucking, like, he was hilarious. Yeah. Some, like, I, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's talent and there's skill. Like, you can be mm. talented and not skilled, and you can be skilled and not talented. Like, people that, like, you can, like, study stand up comedy. Uh, you know, to the T and be really skilled at it and know, like, you know, if I say it like this and do it like this and deliver this joke like this, it'll get a laugh here. But then there's just people that are just like oozing talent that just like the, they're, they're not, you know, they're, you know, they're putting up, you know, triple doubles, you know, there's no bounce passes. Or, you know, <laughs> they're just putting it up like that. And we love, we love basketball analogies on this oh, pod. Yeah. So you're in your pocket right yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, when you're that good, it, it, you know, it's like, it's like the and one guys, like they're, they're freaking talented da, da, da. and then when you put it, put both that shit together, now you have an NBA player. Did you see the and one documentary that just came out? I want to. So there's a scene. I fucking love it. It's like Snoop Dogg and Common and Snoop's like, you know, and like a bunch of them motherfuckers, I'm surprised they ain't played in the league and Common's like, I can't believe they ain't played in the league. Oh, they're the basketball players. Yeah, yeah. and then Kyrie was like, fuck no, they couldn't yeah. have played it in no, every NBA Davis. Yeah, yeah, Baron Davis too. It was like it was everybody. Talk about was... an LA legend, Baron yeah, Davis. Yeah, yeah. That guy at Crossroads, my God, that guy was he was he was the shit in LA. Bro, when I was living in Long Beach, I saw him play at the Pyramid in Long Beach. Oh, nice. There and uh, like I, it was like rookie summer. I don't yeah. whatever it was. And it was like, and I remember I was like Baron, and then he nodded me. I was like ah, and I was like nine years old, so it was the biggest shit ever. Yeah, he he. I think he's the. The best player, I mean, not best player as far as, like, you know, uh, the most, like, uh, celebrated. But, like, you know when you watch, like, an NBA game live and you, like, you just, you just like, oh, shit, those are just guys playing basketball on the court. And, like, you look at, like, how they move and stuff. You're like, the shit that Baron Davis was doing, I was like, my God. Like, I could not imagine guarding that dude. <laughs> like, just, like, so quick and this and just, like, explode and just, like, shit. He was like the prototype one for like what is yeah. now Russell Westbrook. Yeah. 
absolutely just can just attack the rim. Yeah. Shoot, pass. Like, if anybody was going to average, like, a triple-double, like, post-Oscar Robertson, pre-Westbrook, I would guess that would be Baron Davis. Yeah. West, Westbrook is he's – he's he was 10 years too late, I think. I think when, when, when it, it was – Ten years too late. I think he he was he he should have been in the uh, the AI Baron Davis Stevie franchise like point guard era of the NBA where it's like you give it to him he'll do it all and then you have the other guy. wasn't he though he was drafted in like two thousand ninety nine no 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 he's no uh, Westbrook is uh, oh no 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 oh oh you're talking Westbrook I'm talking Westbrook oh yeah Westbrook is, I agree with you because he's got a very nineties game if he was that he's Stevie Fran- he's Francis he's Baron Davis he's those guys. Got you. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Him and DeMar Rosen, I feel like if they played in that era. Oh, be... yeah, DeMar DeRozan. He could play fucking dude. I love DeMar DeRozan. That dude's smooth. He's, yeah, he'd be throwing up gang signs like, like John <laughs> yeah, Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, oh, my gosh, dude. John Wall, man. I'm, I'm, so I'm a Clippers fan, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let, yeah let's get into that. Let's let's get yeah. into that. Okay, because this is like one of the, also one of the reasons I want to have it when you talked about yeah. your Clipper fandom. Um, yo, also, real quick before we get into that. Uh, John Wall, who's thrown up blood signs yeah. at, at, in Washington, yeah. is that going to be different? Him doing it in the Clipper jersey? I mean, it depends because Clippers are blue and red. So yeah, I know, right? And and white and the uh, so if he but just it, him doing it in LA though, uh, you know, like what, like you think it's going to be like, moving, oh hell yeah, they're moving to Inglewood. Yeah, so it'll be it's okay. It's a blood there. territory. It'll be okay there. Yeah, uh, you know, downtown's very neutral. You know, <laughs> you know, that's, you know that's not really uh, blood or cook territory. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he'll be he'll be right at home uh, with uh, with the Eagle with families down there. Okay, so my theory about like why you were a Clipper fan because I know like a lot of Latino Clipper fans, mm-hmm. uh, and I would like I think it's partly because of oh yeah yeah get you yeah, get you right. the skin contact bro yeah, go yeah, yeah I got you man. So my theory is that like I I kind of feel like a lot of Latino dudes that are like funny and just kind of like thoughtful mm-hmm. are often contrarians because mm-hmm. I do think to be like Latino in America is like you you got some of the stuff that black people went through but then uh-huh. you get some of the privileges that white people get uh-huh. and it's like a very so I so like I've always been like I noticed like all like my Latin homies that are like interesting like like because you know you got your friends that are like you know your heavy friends and your light friends uh-huh. all my heavy friends are like more on the that are Latino or like on the contrarian side. Right. So that was my theory. But then you broke it down to me where you said like, well, it's actually kind of more about the community in the city. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it's, it's more about, uh, for me being a Clipper fan, it was, uh, especially in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was like, you couldn't afford to go to a Laker game. Like, so, yeah. so by the time I'm six, I've been to so many Clipper games because it's, it's three dollars to get in. It's three dollars to watch yeah. a game. Then it's like, oh, it goes up to six or whatever. But like, you could get have a great time. You could bring your whole family and have a, a fun time for like, you know, forty bucks. I saw a lot of those. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was like that for me. That was super fun. And it was like when I was a kid. Then you got the uh, when Lamar Odom came, and then you had Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, and I was like, this is fun. Off the this head, is fun. Yeah, yeah. Which they took from Westchester High School. Did you hear the story about? Uh, okay, I heard something different. Huh. It, was, it was like real. This all right. This is gonna be a little bar stool sportsy. Okay, yeah. I guess apparently they ran a train on Tara Reed or something like that. 
Uh, I believe that. <coughs> I believe that. Uh, yeah, yo, Terry Reed used to live it. She used to live in Playa del Rey. I remember seeing her around. Um, uh, but no, I believe that. All right, this is like this is like some some shit I got off like the the ghetto side of the internet. So I don't know how true that is, but I right. just no, I believe it. Their their uh, their Players Tribune article was freaking great about like, yeah. when, when talking about like Donald Sterling and then like playing in the old you know shitty facility and then like being paraded like Donald Sterling like he was just like he was the worst owner of all time. Oh yeah, of all time, and like. Worse than Robert Sarver. He's worse than everybody. He's yeah. worse than everybody. He's the way he looked at his players were, he looked at them as second-class citizens. And like, Blake Griffin told the story how he was almost like showing like a horse up the stable. He's absolutely. like, look at this guy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it was like. And then uh, just like the weird, he's just a fucking, you ever go to, like, I don't know if you've been to like some random, you know, you hang out in Hollywood for too late and you end up at a random party and you're like, this is like seedy. This is yeah. getting weird. This is getting gross. Like he's like the king of that shit. He's the king of like back room stuff and like yeah. weird orgies and like weird fucking like there's like a stuffed pig and like it's on someone's head. It's like, what is going on here? Like he was that, but he was an owner of an NBA team doing that shit. So like that, like, Everyone talks about how bad the Clippers were. It's like, man, it's like you give that, you give whoever, whatever team that person had, like that team's gonna be bad for fucking years. No one wants to come to that to that team, even though it's LA, because you get treated like you know you're never gonna get paid. Yeah, you know, Elton Brand. He's like, I'm fucking out of here. That was supposed to be. It was we were supposed to have. Barry I Davis saw Elton Brand play Elton as Brand. a Clipper, and it was fucking. Great. In 2006, they were. It was supposed to be the Clippers and Lakers and the. Western Conference Finals. It was going to be the battle for LA. It was going to be like what whatever all the Clippers fans wanted. It was like we're going to freaking play the Lakers, and I think the Suns took us to seven and took and and, and but that that 2016 was good. Yeah, because Elton Brand is just like the the ultimate 26 and 15. He he is like just a, such a true power forward. Oh yeah, by the definition, absolutely. Yeah, I wish he got. I wish he got on a team where he could have like done something. Yeah, you know he, exactly. He, he by the time he got to Philly, it was like yeah, he was good, but like his best years were definitely as a Clipper. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, and that's funny because like you, you see these like people who complain because obviously I didn't like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. I didn't like like there's certain free agency moves. I'm like ah, I wish it wouldn't be such an obvious team up move. But I'll tell you. I do kind of wish Elton Brand did do that. Like, I wish he, like, got on the – or even Allen Iverson. Like, like I wish he would have gotten himself oh, traded when he was, like, still relevant. Instead, he got to Denver when he was just an angry old man that didn't oh, want to pass. Man. Yeah, that's so so sad. That Seeing him in that freaking shiny blue jersey. Oh, I hate those Nuggets jerseys. Oh, they were so gross. Yeah. They were so gross. With baby fat Carmelo. Oh, yeah, man. He had that baby fat and, like – I love those uh, those Team USA when they're talking about like how Kobe was like getting everybody up at like four in the morning. Like no one wanted to get up, and the, when Kobe started getting four in the morning, he was like, "Okay, we got to get up." Yeah. Oh, you saw the documentary? Yeah, no, yeah. So the, with, uh, just the part where like Melo's like, "But you know, I wasn't gonna wake up at five. Yeah, I'm gonna roll. Like, up. I'm rolling in at noon. I'm still gonna get twenty five points." Melo seems like a man that likes to enjoy himself. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's a, a huge Knicks fan, and he's just like. That, that was like the this, this, the saddest trade of his life was like trading away like the, their entire future for for Melo and like 
And then you get the little, you get the little like pop with like Jeremy Lin. You're like, oh man, we're back. And then, yeah. and then Mello comes back from his injury. He's like, all right, all right, slow it down. Give me the ball. And Lin is just nobody. So where I want to go with this is you talk about Inglewood. You talked about, um, when we met, you talked about gentrification, um, a girl you were seeing, like just as an Angelino, what has like gentrification been for you? Uh, you know, like it's been kind of crazy, especially like first and foremost, like you have friends that like move away. Like that's, that's the, the, that was the thing that I think like affected me the most as a kid. It's just like, all of a sudden all your friends are like moving to like, like, I don't know why they all just moved to like Rancho Cucamonga. Or like wherever in the IE where like mm-hmm. they can get like a nice house. Yeah. Like everyone and you go to like Riverside County, San Bernardino County, like they're all from Los Angeles. They're all from um, you know, wherever. And and they do bring the gang culture out there too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're banging hard out there. Uh but like uh, uh this doesn't feel right. I'm like, you guys got a, like a bunch of bed bath and beyond. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be uh banging in a fucking mini mall with a fucking <laughs> where there's a, a, a Chili's and a Red Robin. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. I finally see a Sonic since yeah, I was yeah. getting banked on at the Sonic. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you, if you go to a Sonic, you're getting fucking banked. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, uh, but, like, so, like, there's 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 that shit. And then, um, uh, you know, it's just, like, you just see communities. Like, even just, like, View Park and, like, you yeah. know, all these places. Like, Black River Hills, like, they're, they're, they just lose, uh, they lose all their culture. And uh, that, to me, is, like, really fucking sad. Then you have like, then the other side of it is just like, well, there's no more gangs in Santa Monica. You speak gangs Santa Monica. You speak gangs Venice. That's all gone. Oh yeah, my mom. Like in the early 2000s, my mom was like, we were not going to the fucking Santa Monica boardwalk. Mm-hmm. We're not going to Venice. We're not yeah, going to you could, you could, yeah, yeah. You would not. You're not. You were not allowed to hang out at the boardwalk um, when the sun goes down because it was just like it was just like too crazy. And Shoreline Crips and Graveyard Crips, like it's all these like. You know, V13s, like all these, like, uh, and the projects, like the Venice projects and the um, the Culver City projects. Um, so I, uh, I know a lot of kids that, like, went to the Culver City projects and then all of a sudden they all, you know, they all get um, booted out. And, like, then they turn into, like, they turn these, like, projects into, like, boutique living. Dude, it's so funny when you pass them, you're like, this is hilarious. You just see, like, um, this, like, uh, this white dude with like a steely dan shirt like on this little project house it's like that is crazy with this fucking big ass bike yeah you know it's so so you know growing up here and like seeing all these changes you know you see you know some good some bad and just like it's just like you almost just like have to accept it because it's just you can't fight it because like when money's involved and when people are like we're gonna make money on this shit it's just like this is just the new norm and i'm just gonna you know have my memories well, you know, that was the thing that was difficult for me, like, in Oakland when gentrification okay, happened. Probably that, it, yeah, L.A. and the Bay, you, it's so bad. Yeah, like, for me, it was, I noticed, like, on stage, my, sh- I'm like, well, no, this, this how, shit how should not be bombing. The, uh, yeah, the dynamic of Oakland, like, how, like, how it started, like, where, where it is now, like. Okay, so Oakland, all right, so Oakland is, like, kind of like, all right, so. I've always known Oakland as, like, the rougher San Francisco. If, if for oh, me, definitely, yeah. That's all I've known about Oakland, really. 
So, I mean, so really, like, the, the hoods in San Francisco, so you have the Tenderloin, which is, like, open-air crack market. And, like, now, like, a, a bunch of bars and businesses, because it's been getting perpetually worse, are, like, fuck that. A bunch of, like, conventions that would normally be, like, you know, for tech. Like, they're like, we're going to fucking Dallas, because one, it's cheaper, and we have people that, like, just want to grab a drink or dinner after the conference, and they don't want to be accosted by, like, drug deal or whatever, right. you know, transients. So... Like a lot of mo- like, so even though there is a lot of money, you gotta in that respect stuff. that hustle though. Like a guy walking out of a tech thing, like, hey man, <laughs> <laughs> I got something for you. <laughs> but yeah, so like, but so like, most of like the so it's, it's the Tenderloin, uh, the Fillmore District, which used to be like you know like pro black seventies. We had shit, right, and then right. it was like the hood hood, and then now like it's been gentrified. It was like the, it was called the Harlem of the West because you had like um, right. You know, jazz clubs and all that type of shit out there. And there's uh, Sunnydale Projects, which is like, which is kind of like in Hunter's Point, which is where OJ Simpson is from. And the rapper San Quinn for any deep barrier. Oh, okay. listeners. You know, my dad sold uh, OJ, no, sold Nicole her Bronco. Really? Yeah. He worked at Santa Monica Ford, sold her, uh, her Bronco. Um, they had three Broncos. So it was OJ, uh, his buddy, Casey, and and, uh, and Nicole uh, all had uh Broncos. I should Broncos. Fun little LA fact. My dad said OJ's the coolest dude he's ever fucking met. I, I've i heard other people have met OJ and like, he's a great guy. Cool and like, and my, dad's six, my dad's 6'4", like, just play football. And I was like, you just play football? He's like, yeah, I did. Go back and feel play all the roads. Oh, cool, man. He's like, I couldn't be able to take you down, though. He's like, you're damn right. <laughs> well, well, you know, hello, Twitter world. <laughs> fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and OJ does like this sort of like uh, kind of forced laugh. Oh, you know, make himself yeah. like really affable. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, he's like, in some way, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, but um, that's the cool thing about LA, though. You just be like, yeah, yeah, Nicole Simpson. It's like shit. Um, no, no, but so Oakland, so so it's you have North Oakland, which was like. A lot of houses in North Oakland's right near uh, South Berkeley on the book because Berkeley just north of Oakland, so it's like uh, it's South Berkeley was like the hood for a minute, like that's where people would be getting shot at, and you had like a little really? open air drug market in uh, okay. South Berkeley too, yeah. Because when I hear Berkeley, I think hippies, but that's all everything else. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, but that was like South Berkeley is like the shit in North Oakland like spilled through, but now North Oakland is like a bunch of beer gardens, it's a bunch of. Um, there's some comedy rooms in North Oakland, yeah. and it's like it's like really like you got the Trader Joe's and the Whole Foods. Like yeah. it's, it's it's nice shit. That's that that's that's the Whole Foods coming in is that's how you know the Whole Foods and the jogging. It's like yep, yeah. it, it, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have Lake Merritt, which is like in between downtown Oakland and East Oakland. It's kind of like the gathering spot. It'll be like festivals and shit like that. But at the same time, like uh, I want to like a uh, summer ago. Like five people got shot just chill. So it's like late married. You see like white girls tanning and take their shirt off and get their back right. But then at the same time, like people will still be getting shot randomly or just miss it. Like the Warriors, their very first parade, they went through Lake Merritt and somebody got shot. And was, and I, I didn't go to break because I'm like, you niggas is gonna shoot somebody. I know y'all can't handle a parade. Like Oakland doesn't have a mall. Shot who? It could have been like a couple startups. Let's <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saving that racially wise. So, so it's that I grew up in West Oakland, and West Oakland is like it's like right by the port. It's um, I, I, uh, you got like the Bart Station, our Metro right. subway, yeah, yeah. and um, I love Bart. Bart's fucking. I wish there was like can't. a Bart like here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, they try. 
They tried, but they can't. This is slowly getting better, but you know. Yeah, yeah. The New Metro line is—they're trying, but yeah, it's 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 nowhere fucking close to to a park. But it was it was like, but in West Oakland is like West Oakland, like East Oakland would laugh at us and be like, "Man, you niggas don't have high school diplomas or shoes," because we (laughs) was known as like the kind of like not me, but I mean West Oakland in general was like, so I gotta I gotta wear my hood. I guess is we was known as kind of being like bummy or whatever. But it's like we didn't have no businesses. We didn't like it was pretty much it was just like liquor stores, a subway, a 99 cent store and fights would happen in a 99 cent store. And now it's like now it's like a few little brewery pop ups. But now it's more homeless encampment. So it's actually gotten worse. But there's still gentrification in like the luxury lofts and apartments. And you got downtown Oakland, which is like all the businesses and the Warriors practice facility is there. I don't know if they still practice there, but I think they do. Um, They actually practice at the Marriott. Their practice facilities inside really? Marriott, yeah. That's funny. Because yeah. that was a big thing when they when they left Oakland to San Francisco, right? Oh yeah, people hated that shit. Yeah. yeah. And then there's East Oakland, which could be its own city. It's like the biggest area, and like it'd be like white comedians will move there because they could pay like six hundred dollars a month, and they'll yeah. all like live stacked in together. Oh, yeah. And know. yeah, but no, East o- but East Oakland, you got business, and it's like very black, very Mexican. You get amazing Mexican food that you like risk your life for. There's a yeah. bunch of like Barry and meme pages about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, that's like Oakland, but it's like, it's been very gentrified, but basically you have like a, cause my issue with the Bay and like partly, cause obviously like I'm a good comedian. And I want to be, have like opportunity, right. but one of the reasons I left, it was just because it's like, this isn't even like a good day to day existence for me. Right. You know, like it's like a bunch of my people have like either moved, uh, to LA or the East Coast or like you know Midwest or Sacramento, yeah. and so it's like you got that, and then just doing comedy there, it's like all right, it's these white kids that are like, I'm gonna be non-binary now, I'm gonna be whatever, my I'm pansexual and right, right, right. and like a bunch of pronouns and all these ways to address. Like I went to a restaurant and, and there was like instructions on how to like gender or address their staff. And I'm like, I, I gotta do that for extra hot sauce, man. Dude, it's so funny. Like I, I catch myself like doing comedy now. Like it's in progressive places, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, cause like me and you do a lot of crowd work, and I was like, yeah, I just, I, I just gendered that person. I'm like, fuck, did I misgender him? And they're just like, man, like you, but like you go to freaking Lexington, Kentucky, and they're like, we don't give a fuck about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about my guns. <laughs> And why Obama's still trying to take it. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm telling you, man. That's funny. They, uh, uh, the way I, it's some, some places, some of those like uh, Southern places when they talk about Obama, they like, yeah, I liked Obama, but uh, <laughs> Biden and Hillary. Really? Uh-huh. I, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, because here's the thing. He was the most charismatic like just yeah. smooth, just so smooth, and you're like, man, like that's that's who I want uh, as a leader. Even just just uh, as far as like diplomacy goes, and as far as just like I n- I would never have to worry about Obama and like you know Kim Jong Un or some shit like having a meeting and being like, we're gonna get bombed now. Like he's just so smooth and just like it was awful when Trump saluted him. They talked. They talked about Dennis Rodman and the Bulls forever, and they're, yeah. like, they're good. And fucking when Trump's in office, you're like, uh, bro, we gotta get the fuck out of here. We're gonna get fucking. Well, you remember he saluted him. Oh my! God. It was and then no, he saluted one of the, uh, 
the North Korean soldiers. And Kim Jong Un was like, "What the fuck is you doing? Like that ain't part of the game." Like yeah. he was looking like, mm, "Yo, like the ops gonna be mad at you." Like, was, <laughs> yeah, dude, that dude. You know, fuck, man, for for such a a, a a terrible just kind of experiment it was. Like it was so much fun to watch. Like. He was a hilarious piece of shit. Oh my god, bro. A hilarious piece of shit is the perfect way to put it. Um, Puerto Rico, the paper towel. (laughs) Donald was cooning. (laughs) Donald was cooning with some paper towels. He was throwing shit. Bro, with the the half follow through. Not even the full follow through. Did not extend his arm all the way. It was it was that, and then when he had the um the NCAA football team there, and then he was standing there with all like the McDonald with all the fast oh, food and shit. Oh boy, yeah, man, you forget about all the shit. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, that was a it, it was it was a it, and I I like you know it's funny because people be like, oh man, you must get a lot of material about him like when that shit was happening, and then I be, and then because you know we do the crowd work, I'm like, all right, where, where do y'all want this to go? Like if it's been a bad show or whatever. Right. And they'll be like, uh, somebody will say politics. We're like, yeah, y'all want to talk politics? And a bunch of people go, boo, no politics. Yeah. It'll be like one person in the crowd that wants to hear that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, there's always one person in the crowd that wants to watch the world burn. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, no, but I, you know what? And that's, um, I feel like the, the re- so the reel's coming out. And, like, there's the two people, the, there's the there's type of people who are like, me and you are like, oh, we can get material. We can get material for years. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, the amount of. The stuff we can create, like off the crowd, and then there's the people that uh, never wanted to do crowd work, and then they just want to shit on the people that do crowd work. They're like, you know, no one wants to see you do crowd work. It's just like, hey, listen, if you can't fucking do it, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, this is like we're we're the type. I'm the type of person that cares about the audience in front of me. That's it. I don't care about fuck the back of the room. I don't give a fuck about the comics in the back. I don't care about being a comics comic. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm gonna make people laugh. I'm gonna get paid. And I'm gonna do what I want to do. That's it. Just so, just so you know, for, for the audience listening, Ralph did, did my show this past Friday. He did get paid, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'm not a shady Negro promoter most of the time. And <laughs> <laughs> right, your show was in a wine bar. It was uh, it was very classy. I did like pretty much all crowd work, and I did two new bits and clothes with an oldie and. Ralph carried the, it was fucking like just imagine us doing crowd work. I, I don't it's know. It's great. No, yeah, it was great. That, yeah. The crowd, because like, well, here's the thing too: is you got to know is like if you uh, if you follow a comedian that does a lot of crowd work, you can't just do jokes right away. You gotta. That's you why can. you have to know how to do it because you have to do you do a little bit of it and then you then you start sewing in your jokes. Um, and you have to make it seem you seem dip in and out. Yeah, yeah. The same the same way you you close your joke with stuff with material. It's the same way you just have to. You you just sew it together. It, honestly, it's it look it's a fucking magic trick. Like every time I have a really really fucking great crowd work interaction, that gets like logged in the back of the memory, and that becomes a back pocket thing that I can throw out and make it look like I just came up with that in the moment. But that was a crowd work thing that happened five years ago, and like I have all these things that I can pull from if I want to. You know, and then I can you have stock it. footage. Oh yeah, yeah. Stock footage, or I get you know just let you know shoot it live right here. Like it's it's all just like who knows what's gonna happen. It's just like it's that's the fun. That's what makes yeah. it fun. You know, and, uh, you know doing doing the same bit uh, or the same set like rock solid. You know, five seven minute set like you're trying to work on it like da 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 like you know it, 
doing I, I used to do that and it was just a, a, it fucking sucked like it was sad like I didn't like doing it well I agree with what I, I feel like you have to do that because I agree with what uh Andy Warhol said um so it was like um great artist um know the rules and break them yeah so it's like you got to know the rules in order yeah, to break them absolutely. you know what I'm saying so it's absolutely like, so it's like you got to know the rules of three and then be like all right fuck the rules of three yeah but let me use the rules of three because yeah, yeah, I got it. To, yeah, use it to your advantage. Like you think, you think I know that you think that this is going to be the big pop, and it's not going to be. You know uh, Daryl Wright. Hmm? You know Daryl Wright. No, Daryl is that his name? Is I'm, I'm pretty sure I did a weekend with him at, at uh, the God Awful Comedy Club in the Bay Area. No, yeah, Daryl Wright. That's known as uh, uh, Tommy T's. Oh man, Tommy T's. <laughs> well, at least favorite club. Yeah, I heard that's a tough room to play. I've never done it. I oh. was supposed to do it one day, Pleasanton, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was it was annoying. Other than the fact that, like, you know, they pay like they pay like hosting a week in there is like twenty five percent. So it's like it's that. Um, then also it's like they charge headliners for drinks. Like headliners only get two free drinks. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm like, headliners just drink free. Features drink free. Hosts drink free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, to, I've been to places where they go, they try and get cute, and they go, uh, features get like two free, and then you get a meal. The headliners drink free, but then it's like, if the headliner brought you, I'm just gonna tell the headliner what I want to drink, and then they're just gonna put it on. And like, even the staff knows that, and the staff is like, can we get a couple drinks, like on your, t-? like he's like, yeah, that's not. Hanging out with the staff is the best part yeah. about going away and doing a weekend or doing whatever. Because especially when they're a fun staff, because they know all the ins and outs, they know where to go, where not to go. Uh, you know, they know like uh, they know what drink you want. They yeah, know all this stuff like that's to me that's like the most when you have a really fun weekend. It's like when the staff is all is clicking. Yeah, no, I mean because the staffs really do make or break a weekend. Yeah, and treat them treat them right. Tip them well. Tip them well. Tip them well. Best advice I got. I was doing a weekend at... Did you ever work Comedy Hideaway in Santa Barbara? Yes. I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you know Andre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. just talking about Andre with... Uh, that's where I met uh, Matt Duckett. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I was working a weekend there one time, and it might have been with... It might have been with Kira Sultanovich, I want to say. So I was working uh-huh, a weekend there. Yeah. And Andre, you know, he's very passive aggressive. And he's like, so, you know, um, and he's like, he's double talking me. And I'm like, yo, man, stop fucking double talking me. Just say what the fuck you got. We, we got that type of relationship. I'm like, say what the fuck you got to say. And he goes, um, so I was asking him like, all right, well, so who's the best tipper? But basically he said like tip more, you know, you don't have to tip every drink, but if you're a black comic or a Latino right, comic, right, 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 yeah. they already don't assume you're going to tip. You know, so like do it well, you right. know, and it's gonna, they're gonna bring you back. And then ever since then, I became an over tipper at comedy. Do you shows. think he does that with Jewish comedians? No. <laughs> of course not. No. Of course not. No. 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 <laughs> Honestly, and if I'm being, if I'm being real, I've hung out with, uh, with Jewish comics, black comics. The worst tippers are Jewish comics. I fucking said it. Absolutely. When you, when you, ladies and gentlemen, Kanye West. When no, you bust kidding. out, when you bust out your calculator, no, bad, <laughs> bad. You go with at least twenty percent. Do you want to roll up a newspaper and hit them on the? Oh my gosh, dude! I had, I only, I'm only saying, I'm not saying this to generalize, but I, I know a few. 
But we're also talking comics. We're not talking Jewish people. No, we're no, just no, talking no, no. comics. Comics specifically. Yeah. Because it's... Uh, you gotta be a certain type of Jewish person to be like, people need to hear my thoughts on stage. Right, right, right. <laughs> I also think you for sure could just make fun of Jewish people. Like, they have it so great, man. I mean, come on. Can they just get a piece of that? They, they do have a system. They have a system. No, they get, they, no it's, they're very much like, they're like, you know, I'm, I, you know, we're all setting our business here and then, you know, my business is going to make money, your business is going to make money, we're all going to be, you know, this one happy family. That totally, absolutely. But when, you know, when, when you get a, a $10 freaking bill and you start adding it up with a calculator, I, you know, that's why I just like, I'm just, I just get upset that it's like, Black comics get the shit end of the stick, or you know, black people get the shit end of the stick with tipping, which is like, you know, I, bro, I've seen uh, a couple of black comics I know put down five times the bill, and I'm like, damn, like this is the story that I that needs to be spoken. Yeah, and it, it, we do that because, like, okay, a lot to of times compensate. You think that's why I do it? Stereotype? Yeah, yeah, and I do it because I've like I have gotten this nigga ain't finna tip service. Uh, and it's just kind of like, oh, right, fuck. Damn, so you, yeah, so being black, you'll get the, you'll get that service. Damn. Yeah, because that's a lot of places I go. Like, so when I find a place, like, that's why places I go where I, they actually, like, treat me well. Like, I do 20 to 25% tipping yeah, uh-huh. because I'm like, and I bring out the calculator, but I do it because I don't know math. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm tipping well. I don't right, do it right. because I'm like, I'm like, all right, let me see the least I can get. Exactly. What is, what is 13% exactly? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do that and it's like when they treat me, but it's been plenty of times where I'm just like, yo, you just like fucking forgot. It. You just walk away or like, you know, Damn. you don't even say like, hi, when I walk in, you just uh, think, you know, yeah. It's like I'm a fucking I'm 32 fucking years old. I'm a grown ass man, bro. Like treat me as such. Yeah, man. Jeez. Yeah, listen. I get. It. I'm at a Denny's at 2:30. And what? Yeah. I'm gonna tip you. You know, one one of these days when I'm drunk, I'm just gonna be like, look, people say niggas don't tip. Here's ten, baby. Know how I roll. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna do that when I'm like just like fucking drunk and They're feeling like, myself. Sir, the bill was 150. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just covers up front, right? So you got the ten up front, and yeah. just know what this can become. Just, yeah, this is just to let you know that I have other tens. <laughs> it's some fives and some ones. Hamiltons, okay. So, so the thing, like we met at the Improv, it was it was fucking it, it was a uh, it was a really fun hang, man. Yeah. Like people that rock with Prano, I'm probably just gonna like. Yeah, know? yeah. Despite his a uh, little Aryan lineup. And yeah, dude, <laughs> the Aryan lineup. Uh, and you know what? It's, you know, and then this is and this is true for everybody. Is just you're you're just products of your environment. You know, mm-hmm. you, just, you hang around with a lot of people. You know, he hangs out with a lot of white people. Not saying that you know he. That's just that's just his Rolodex. It's just a lot of white, and then he just pull pull pulls, and he's like, okay. And he's not he's not someone that that double thinks those types of things. He goes like bang, 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 and then he goes, and then it's showtime, and like, oh, that's a lot of white people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he realizes it's a lot of white people. I'm not gonna say what he said to me in private. No. Because he's yeah. a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that after. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, it's so funny. Even with me, dude, I get so many times where I'll, I'll be on the show and then like like, it'll be me and, like, it'll, so my roommate, J.C. Carias, another light-skinned Latino dude. Mm. Um, you know, I know guys like Greg Santos. Like, we'll, we'll, all, we'll all be on a show, and then uh, 
we'll get uh, you know someone go like a lot of white dudes on this lineup, and it's just like fuck you. What do you want me to wear a fucking sombrero? Like what? What do you want? Like read the last name, I guess. Like I don't really think I get that. I've got I. Uh, you want me to say my last name with an I I I? Oh, dude, I got um, um, you know Rocky Dale Davis of. Yeah, so Southern dude, super fucking funny, uh, the, the crown jewel of Alabama, if I could say, um, and uh, just a, a, a freaking sweetheart. We've always just like we'll, we'll like meet each other on the road, be in the same city, do the same. Like, hey, come do this show, I'll do your show. Super fun guy. He had a really, he had a big thing for uh, E. Uh, he's like, hey man, I'm, we're doing a uh, uh, we're doing a, a, a chemistry test, like. You know, come on, we're all going to see, you know, how we're doing. Da, da, da. So I get in this room, a bunch of funny comics. Uh, um, a lot of them I know, uh, a lot of them I don't know. A lot of them just like actors, like turn to yeah. are trying to host this e-show. And uh, we're all just like, we're basically the show was um, you two comedians uh, watch a date and uh, just comment on it. That's pretty much it, you know. Uh, so all these comedians go in, da, 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 da. Um, I do like pretty well. I go in with Rocky a few times, go with like Neil Nanda, like these types of guys, like a few times, go in a bunch of times. Um, do it, da da da. Um, leave. I feel like I crushed it. Um, I later find out that Rocky already got the the gig. He already got it. Like it was his, like, um, it was all a chemistry test with him. Like, just see like who mm. he works out with. Um, and ours was the best. Like, we had. The entire, uh, like the producers, everybody was just like cracking up, dying, laughing, da da da. And, uh, and, uh, like I went in, like, I, I think me and one other person went in five times. Everyone else went in like two or three times. So I, I felt really good about what happened. And then I later realized, uh, or later find out, uh, that I just wasn't, uh, ethnic appearing enough. Uh, so I didn't fucking get it. Um, I, I did write, I wrote the, uh, the, the producer a thank you in Spanish. <laughs> just <'cause> like, <laughs> was that a bit of a fuck you? Yeah, oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, and a, and a lot of it was, a few of it was probably bad Spanish, but I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want to write somebody Spanish. So someone else got it. I, I know who it was and, and it made sense why they got it. Cause they, they want to Hollywood all these days is they just want to appear like they're, uh, they're diverse. That's all mm. it is. Um, you know, I hear from a lot of HR people where, uh, we need to hire, uh, we need to hire someone that looks this way, that looks this way. So we can appear. It's, it's all that. Zendaya is not diversity. Oh, like, exactly. She's just... 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, and, and, that, and Tom Holland ain't about to be fucking Lupita. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. Fuck, get a Lupita in there, dude. Yeah, it's like, but no, it's Hollywood wants fucking. Um, they, they, they. That's all they want, just the, the, the those types. But uh, I know I've been finding myself resenting Matt Duckett as time has gone. Oh no, man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. He could do it. He play it yeah. if he wants. He's dude. doing. He's doing well. He, he's he got signed. Yeah, fucking agency. Yeah. There you go. What I want to talk to you about though. We were talking about dating rich girls as comedians uh-huh. and how it's sort of like, um, all right, so let, let me just run this by you before we get into this. Uh-huh. Uh, New York comic, Gabe Pacheco, uh-huh. real funny comic, had him on here, and he's got this thing, Gabe Pacheco said, 
Um, I don't let girls, women I'm dating, girlfriends come to my comedy shows anymore or like often uh-huh. because they like, they get, because first off, whatever you're into, women be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this again. Right. And with comedy, they're seeing you in a charismatic environment, but they're seeing you be a version of yourself or whatever. And then it's like, it, so it could either be like, oh, you're not living up to this thing that I'm seeing on stage, or it can be um, like, you being fucking full of shit. You don't really talk like that. This isn't right. right so they, they, they separate the uh, the person and the comedian, and they keep it very separate. Yeah, and I got an ex who was a big, big comedy fan to the point it made me a little uncomfortable. Like, why the fuck are you following Shane Gillis on Twitter? Like, <laughs> you know, we don't like him in this. Too. There are those types, too, where they're just like, hardcore comedy fans like da, da, da. yeah i've never dated someone like that it, it was uncomfortable yeah you know and it, and then i later i found out she like fucked some guy that like did an open mic or two mm-hmm. and i'm like oh god this, this is not it so that happened right and and then later i did see like she did get kind of like uh jaded about like you know uh comings and goings but i i basically i'm saying it's like i saw like oh I'm just kind of like a fucking experiment for because she grew up in the Oakland Hills, right. and the Oakland Hills is like where Kevin Durant and Draymond lived there when oh, nice. like they played there. Yeah, so Oakland Hills is like Oakland and Berkeley Hills is like you you can see like you can see Oakland and San Francisco from all the way up there. Right. So, anyways, being an experiment with a rich girl. Oh right right right. I think well I think um. I think all comedians uh, that date, um, I would say, just kind of. Uh, I I noticed this in um, in school, uh, not necessarily even just being a comedian. It was just like uh, that uh, that women would go through archetypes, uh, and they would go like, "I'm gonna date. I'm dating the. Uh, I'm dating a quarterback." The quarterback of the football team. Uh, now I'm dating uh, the guy that uh, has the motorcycle and you know and sells weed. Where'd you go to college, by the way? Uh, I I went to SMC Santa Monica College for a year and a half, and I dropped out. That is normally how people go to SMC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, it was because I I knew so many comics that were older than I was, and I was like I was I was gonna get like a screenwriting degree, and <laughs> yeah, I was like I was like yeah, I'm doing screenwriting. I did shit at SF City. Oh yeah, let's go, let's yeah. go. I was like, I'm a screenwriting degree, and then I knew all these, com- and then I knew a comic that graduated from CSUN with a screenwriting degree, and he's like, drop out now, and I was like, done, done. I was like, I was looking high. I was gonna fucking transfer to UCLA and all this fucking bullshit, and I was like, no, I'm done. If that, if if he says drop out, I don't, I don't need fucking money to do it. It's like you don't, you yeah. don't. I I've been, I've been in fucking. All, I wish I could go back to. Um, all those people and whatever, like that I that I went to class with and stuff, that are transferred and like, yo, I got into fucking you know meetings with with fucking Cartoon Network and fucking NBC and all these fucking studios just based off of how good the script is. That's it. Yeah, that's all the fucking that fucking matters. That's the only thing that matters. How good it is the only thing that college does for you uh, is is just connections. And so the only the only the only college that makes sense to do that. There's only two. It's USC and NYU. That's it. The only two colleges where you're like, I'm gonna meet some people that can change my life. There's the only two. You go anywhere else, doesn't. You get a fucking screenwriting degree and fucking 
Toledo, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like what, what are you going to put that on, on on your fucking title page? No. You can just teach it in Columbus. Yeah. You can just teach screenwriting in Columbus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or Columbus, you know, obviously. But, like, uh. No, I just, I just mean, like, you go from Toledo, and, like, I'm teaching screenwriting in Cleveland oh, or whatever. Oh, Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, Columbus, oh, like, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. College. I was like, no, no, no. No, no, I didn't mean that. That's no, 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 no. Super funny. But, uh, but yeah, so it's just like um, they go through archetypes. So uh, you have the quarterback of the football team, you have the athletic one, you have the bad boy, you have the pretty boy. And for me, what I've always found out is like I'm like four – I was always like fourth or fifth. Date, I want to date the funny guy. I want to date the funny guy that's just going to make me laugh. Because like uh, women, especially when they're, they're growing up, they're trying to figure out what they like. You know, mm. like they date everybody and like whatever. So like I would always date girls and then like – the fourth or fifth option and they're like so by the time they get to you know uh college and they get you know past that they go like well i like this from this person and then they make the perfect guy out of all those archetypes and they're like you know they like a little bit of sports but they're also bad and you know they love the fuck but then they're also <laughs> making me laugh and this and they make this perfect guy that's unattainable but it's it's from dating going through uh going through the archetype so uh and as comedians, we're, we're kind of the same way. We're, we're, we get, uh, you know, I'm going to date this guy because he's this type of person, because he's a funny person as opposed to just like, just looking at you just as a person. Mm. So I feel like it's just like you, you become like, oh, like, and you'll know that you'll know that you're uh, an archetype that someone's dating is how they introduce you and how fast they bring up that you're a comedian because they want to show their friends or family like, that this is he's the funny guy. Da, da, da. Like I know he's not as cute as uh, my last my last boyfriend. He doesn't make as much money as my last and boyfriend. Other, yeah, exactly. So he's not as cute as this one. He's not as you know. He's not as rich as this one. But he's good. Like watch him do his work, and then you just fucking dance, monkey dance, and you're just like, okay, here we go. I guess you know. And then you know, and, and us as comedians, like okay, you want me to do this? I'll I'll, I'll make this room. My room, but and you know, I'm dating you. I mean, we'll go to Burbank for free on a Tuesday. We'll definitely fucking yeah. dance for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, well, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to the, like, like at weddings. Like, oh man, it's like you know, I get you know invited to so many weddings. Or like, uh, um, I got invited to a lot of like, cause there were like a lot of um, uh, all girl private schools. So they would have to ask like dudes that didn't go to the school. So. I would get asked a lot to go to like prom and like homecoming and shit because they're like, because he's like funny. So he like, you know, I, I can't like get like a, a hot guy or whatever, but this guy's going to like be like really funny. So like, I'm going to be like really cool, like being with him. So it's like, yeah, you just, you become, you know, you need, you, as a comedian, when you find someone that's like the, the best relationship, I relationships I've had, especially with like um, doing comedy is like, uh, they believe in you. They think you can do it. They think you're funny. They think you can make it. Um, but there's always a timer. There's always a timer. Yeah. Dating someone. It's like, there's always a timer. And what is the timer like, for? Cause I think the timer for is like, when are we going to get serious? Uh, yes. And it's, 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 it's for the lack of a better term. Like, when are you going to be successful? Yeah. Um, because I do believe that you can be, but I don't know when that's going to be. And they're, they're, and you know, if you're as part of the traditional thinking of, of uh, getting married and have kids, the, the time, the timer clicks a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, but if not, you know, if you meet someone and there's, 
there's a lot more in LA than there are um, like in the Midwest or something like that. We're like, uh, okay, like I, I can be patient and like, I, I love that he's that, that he or she's an artist or whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it gets to the point where it's just like um, you're gone too often. Like that has yeah. also become the thing. It's like, you know, I work from, you know, eight in the morning till six at night. And then uh, you go to a show at seven and then you get back at this hour. And then on the weekends, you know, you're gone here. So all those things turn into like, you know, working against you where it's like, yeah, I could still like believe in you that you're going to make it. But it's also like, I also need to see the person I'm dating. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, all comedians just turn into fucking modern day cowboys. We're just like, on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. And it's just like, you know, you just, you don't have your hat, your hat on the, on the nail for too long. You and I, I think the thing, one thing we have in common is I started doing stand up when I was 20. How old were you? Uh, about, uh, 19, 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the one regret I have throughout my twenties and I'm curious about yours. One regret I have is I regret how much time I spent in comedy clubs, not even comedy clubs. I regret how much time I spent like in a car on a train right. to some gig that oh, was yeah. just like, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. why am I talking to these people? Absolutely. And, and especially with me, like I, uh, taking the fucking in LA, it's like, bro, like I'm in fucking, um, by the airport and I got to get up to freaking you know, North Hollywood. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, this is like a freaking eight hour thing to like, go to it, do it, come back. And the hanging out. And the, yeah, after no, no, it all comes in. Yeah. It all, it's all one long thing and, and, you know, getting a ride and then even, or even when you get a car too, it's just like, this is, it's, it's a lot of time spent doing that. And it's, uh, and you still have to like, you know, you have your job and you have this and you have your, your friends, like the amount of, uh, the amount of friendships and relationships that have come and gone, it's just like so, so many and, and it's so quick. And like, you know, uh, I would say most people understand, but a lot of people don't, a lot of people are just like, um, this, per- you know, he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to make time for me. So like, I, you know, I can't be friends with him, which is like, I understand, like I empathize with that, but it's just like, you know, this is comedy is the relationship. Yeah. This is the number one. Like it's when, when it ever, whenever it comes to ultimatum time, like I already know what I'm going to pick. And like, I, 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 I have accepted that. And I know that like, you know, by the time I'm fucking 70 or 60, regardless of how my career works out, that's, that's the way I want to fucking do it. Like, and I did it my way. I did it my way. And I had a fucking blast and you know, I'm, I'm in freaking, Birmingham, Alabama, throwing freaking, almost thrown down with some freaking, you know, redneck dude, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's just like, honestly, it's just like, this is what makes life interesting. All this shit. Agreed. Agreed. Before we get up out of here, I, I do got to say, um, cause it's funny. This spot is often about the bitches is, mm. <laughs> is what that said what do you think the ideal mate is for? I mean, because obviously comedians were all different and yeah. comedians can have different sorts uh, of day jobs and comedians, even if like you are a full-time working comic, uh-huh. you could still, because I'll see full-time working comics and I'll see like, okay, but you come from a PowerPoint presentation 
approach to stand up. Okay, right. you were just like a fucking artist. It's like, hey man, right. I did some shrooms after the show and see right, where life right, takes right, me. Right, right. And but like just with like the schedule, what do you think the ideal? Do you think we're better suited with yuppie women? Do you think we're like we should be with working class bartender? Like, man, you know, uh, I've seen like very, very, very great relationships with um, where you have the uh, the the honestly the 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 relationship that I've seen that that works really well is the uh, the. St- the strong independent woman who and they and they'll have kids they'll have kids mm. and they will work the you know the nine to whatever and the comic takes care of the kids and then uh you know the independent woman comes back and then the comic does their shows and they co-parent and then they figure out a way and they go like, all right you know get the babysitter in and then they go on their thing and it's like it's, it's, a comic it's, raises another woman's kids. Right. It's very. It, honestly, the, the the successful things I've seen is it's very. It's almost regimented. Where it's like it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. Uh, I've very rarely seen it work with two um, two artists. Or I mean, some you know some it's it's that it's just too it gets too off the rails and it to the. Can point I tell you, comic like, on comic dating really kind of disgusts me. Oh, I don't do it. I will not do uh, it. I've never hooked up. Uh, I've never. I've never slept with a comic. All right. Well, I, I've done that one time, and I found out who else she fucked, and like I felt dirty after. Mm. Matt, I told Matt Duckett like the comic she smashed, and Matt Duckett, who like does not like any sort of physical contact ever, he gave me an open arm. He didn't even give me the black guy one arm, and he was like, "Dude, I'm sorry." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I'll pull up some pictures. Yeah, the the, the artist on artist, the, the the comic, the comic man. It's just like you can't. Oh, you yeah. Then you get the the shit where you eat stuff. Mm. And it's just like oh, it's it gets ugly. Like I I remember when I was producing shows and stuff. Like you book, you know, you, you book them together, and then like you didn't know they they've been hooking up or they were a thing, and they go, then they both message you, and we can't be on the same show. And like, oh shit, I don't fucking like, know. I hate when they when they'll act like, hey, could you get my girl on? Oh uh, yeah, and then you add, oh, then there's those with it because it's like. Then those ones are fucking ugly too because it's like now it's like now I don't have to not only have to worry about myself I have to worry about another person all the time and like I you know I see these comics all the time where I'm just like God damn dude I don't know uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I just show Ralph a, a name on my phone <laughs> I just typed the name on my phone to show it to Ralph. <laughs> So we can have a little laugh. Uh, uh, no, very well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like him, but boy, yeah. did he play that card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, a, a thirsty individual. Uh, that's the best way I could describe it. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm told about a lot of his conquest. Yeah, very, very, very thirsty individual. Um, that's so. That's super funny. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we talk about um, when we met? You talk about the city hall meetings and your Cuban girl. Can we talk about that at all on here? Sure, yeah. So, all right. So you were telling me, and, and this is like what interests me about with the mix of gentrification and women dating artists, and especially coming into a, a community they don't know. And I do feel like I feel like the people that make a city home because we talk about. And I'm a, I'm a, this is why San Francisco sucks. This is why. Oakland, 
excuse me, this is why Oakland sucks now, now. It's because to me, it's like, I feel like in order for a city to be great, you need the people that work like the stiff day jobs and you need the people with disposable income. And then you need, I feel like the people that like make a city fun are like, you you need the restaurateurs, you need the chefs, you need the the bartenders, the mixologists, you need the good servers. Mm -hmm. Then you need the fucking artist. And all that together, I think, so you need the people, I painted this mural, we got a comedy yeah. show, we got live music. Like, you need all that yeah. shit along with the fucking capitalism, and that's yeah. what makes cities great. Right. And, like, you have less of, less than that in the Bay Area, right? Um, so you were, and I see more and more people moving to big cities that want to contribute and want the city to gravitate towards what they like more than, like, what the fuck has the city been? Right. You know? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see that you see that a lot with like, I mean, the big thing is uh, like the Crenshaw Mall and all that. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to they're trying to have, um, you know, this, uh, the, the people around there are like, you know, we want to have, you know, everyone in there. We want to have it like it's the, you know, uh, it's the Crenshaw Farmers Market. We want to have everyone have like a, an ownership of this thing. Um, and then what what has, you know, been bought out or whatever. It's like, it, you know, they, they, they want to make this uh, the fucking, uh, the, the, the Beverly center South mm. basically. Um, so it's just like when, when that type of shit happens, it's just like, it, it just, it, it displaces. Cause when you displace a business, you, you're displacing family, you're displacing a lot of, uh, the, the people that, uh, that they're associated with, um, and a lot of, and a lot of businesses, um, they build, they work off of each other too. Like you have like hair salons, nail salons, you know, yeah. these, these types of places, they work along, you know, word of mouth. Oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna see you over here. You say, yeah, you, you, you put in a Beverly center down there. You're not going to have, uh, you're not going to have a black hair salon. You're not gonna have a black nail salon. You have any of that stuff. All that stuff just goes away. Like it, those barbershops, barbershops, black barbershops, those types of stuff, especially in, in, in Crenshaw. Uh, you know, where it's, where it's prevalent and it's like, and it's serving the community that it's in. Cause yeah. Crenshaw still, still is black. I mean, it's gentrifying, but it's still uh, primarily black, but it's like all that shit just gets dispersed. And it's just like, and then it's like, when that happens, it's kind of like what happened in mid city um, 10 years ago, where it's just like everyone, you know, everyone can't live in Hollywood. Everyone can't live in, uh, you know, in, in whatever and then you just start moving south and south and south and south and then all of a sudden it's like you know south central gets changed to south la and, and they you know mm-hmm. it's like we'll try and you know whatever it's gonna be the point where you're like you're down to the fucking you know nickerson gardens and it's just like <laughs> there's fucking, there's all foods that fucking, yeah. you know what i mean so it's like i i don't know when it stops i i don't know even how you fucking stop it like because it's just like like, like I was saying before, it's like when people, uh, people, as far as like, we're, it's a, we're a capitalist country and what do capitalists know when they work in stocks, you buy low and you sell high. And where do you buy low? You go to the hood and you buy low and you're going to sell high in 20 years and everyone's going to get fucking rich except the community. And that's just how it's going to be in LA. Um, it, which is, which is kind of like how fucking it, LA is, is I think like maybe five years behind New York. Mm. You know what I mean? Like where, where like where Harlem is now is 
is gonna be uh is gonna be Crenshaw. All right, so interesting though. So I got people in New because I I lived in Brooklyn, for a minute, right? And yo, New York's coming back. You think? Like I don't mean like it's coming back to like like there's open air heroin use in like Manhattan and shit. Like it's like they're starting right. to because when I was out when I was out there in um. 2021 and it was like brooklyn it was not honestly you know like brooklyn was cool like it's a beautiful place to, like right new york is like brooklyn I, reminds me of, of venice a lot where it's like funny. brooklyn to me brooklyn and venice are very 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 it reminds funny. me of oakland so that's funny you say that because right. it's like it's Ven- funky venice, venice it's, to me venice to me would probably that that is the la that's the oakland that's the part where it's like yeah super diverse was so fucking rough but then it became something a little like, bohemian. Yeah, it was bohemian. Chic. It was absolutely bohemian, but it was like the the thing that I liked about Venice, and I think what what makes Brooklyn great, and, and probably the places in Oakland that you like, is that like the the white people that were in it added to it. And yeah, they lived in it and they added to it, and you're like, dude, that's fucking crazy, Rob. Who sells necklaces? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> And they, they add to it, and it's 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 everyone's in everyone goes to the same store. Yeah. When you start to go to different stores, is when it changes. But when everyone goes like this is the place we go to for for hot dogs, or this is the place we go to shop for for groceries, and everyone's at the one spot, that's what makes a community great. But mm. then when when you start to go like when you start to when you want to attract bigger dollars and then you start changing stores and then people start going to two different stores and then you either go to whole foods you know or you go to fucking dollar tree or whatever it, it just that's that's when then shit starts to get bad and then money will always be community mm, money will always be community mm. Mm. what are um by the way have you ever fucked staff members or fucked with staff members you talked about uh, going out with them yes okay on the yes. road or yes, any yeah. any ever like a bad fallout from it or just like no okay no um, one was uh, yeah I was um, I was in relationship most of my twenties um, but when I wasn't I was like going at it. Do you have a type? Um, you know, I love so many different types of of women um, specifically like. Uh, um, I like, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like goth girls. I yeah. like, uh, I'll like, um, I like black girls with natural hair. Uh, <laughs> I, I, dude, dude, I like, uh, not, I like not nappy. No, 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 no. Yeah. I like, uh, I like, I like, uh, I'll that's like an Latinas. inside joke. That's an inside I'll, joke. I like Latinas with the slick black hair. And yeah. Stuff. Um, uh, I like, uh, you know, very specific, uh, archetypes. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I'm curious cause you talked about like the, oh, it's like the, they, how women have like the collection. They want like the quarterback and the funny right. guy and the whatever the motorcycle. Like I was curious about what yours was. Right, right. No, but like, you know, it's so funny, but like I have, so I have these like type that I'm attracted to, uh, but that's not necessarily, you know, I, it, it like as far as like my twenties, it just always seems to be fucking blonde girls, and that's not for girlfriends. You know, you know, and that's not necessarily what I would look for, but that's just like what would happen. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I'm, 
get a lot of fucking blonde girls. But like, uh, um, you know, now that I'm single, I'm just like, it's just like the whole world is just. Because you've been in a relationship for a minute, right? You were like, yeah, I was uh, with my last girlfriend for uh, a couple years. Um, I I was in it for four. So in the case of yours, right? Uh, And then before that, it was a long time. It was always, you know, off for you know a year and a half, whatever. And then before that, a couple years. But like, uh, yeah, staff members. um, Yeah, uh, yeah, a girl in the. St. Louis, um, staff member that, uh, yeah. And it, and you know, it just, it, it wasn't even, it was like, they just took you out. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh shit, we're just like making another car. And then like, oh, like, you know, one thing leads to another. And, like, and then like, I, you know, I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, like you just, it, it's just the first name. And then like what comic club. I, I had that with a, with a door girl in Hawaii. Oh so, yeah. Hawaii's got a little, some fun stuff. Huh? Yeah. 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 I will not say the Island. Because it's a small island. Yeah, okay, I see it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that was a good time. time. Yeah. Super funny. So, can you, t- can you talk about... Th- I- I'm going to chop this up in two different episodes. Anyways. Yeah. Um, the City Hall Council meeting story you told. Can you tell that? About what? The uh... At the City Hall meeting that an ex was attending? Uh, you mean the like the sister would would go to uh, yeah 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 that that, that yeah, yeah yeah sister would was uh, um, and, and by the way th- this anecdote this was the night me me and Ralph met and this made me be like oh I want to talk to him right I mean I'm uh, you know I'm not uh, I think we because her sister was was in uh, a primarily black neighborhood and she would go to the and her ethnicity for context. Uh, Cuban and, uh, Italian, but very much, uh, plays as white. Okay. So she's essentially a white. So like coming in this black neighborhood, she a white woman. Right. Exactly. So, but like going to the city council and being like, you know, Hey, like I want to make some changes and this and this. And like, people are like, what the fuck? Like, this is not, you know, your, you know, jurisdiction at all. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, in, and, you know, to her credit, stuck with it, dug her fucking heels in the ground and, you know, was like, no, no, we like, I want to make some like positive changes. And like that, that is, that is the good thing though, is just like where, where we were talking about like working with the community and like, you know, being like, we're doing this. She didn't want to go in and like change shit. She wanted to go in and be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to make it good, but like still fucking good for everybody. Yeah. Oh, you you said something a little more antagonistic when we talked. Well, <laughs> I was what like, I say? <laughs> it was like they're like, yo, what the? F-? You know what? I'm not gonna. You know, you don't have to get like I've shit I've shitted on a bunch of my ex, or like just I've I've gotten messy on here, so I'm not gonna expect you to get messy on here. But I'm just saying, you said like, and they're like, yeah, you were coming in this other area, but you you played the, for her credit cards. So I, I, look, man. What well, I mean, I mean. I, I was trying to shit on gentrification and, and, and women. Like, uh, not women, but, you know, white women. And, like, I just want to have some fun with that. And I was uh, trying, but, like, you played the... No, man. Uh, you know... You played I mean, the I have credits card. Yeah, you know what? Listen, if it's out if it's out in the ether and you got to be real, she fucking played it, she played it right. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's tough. We had a few drinks when we met anyways. It's we just true. like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're a little lit. A- anything you got coming up you want to? Uh, Not show wise, but just I don't you know, know projects you're working on. Shit, man! Follow the Instagram. Save Ralph Guerra, and you can save me by following me and following the dates and paying for tickets and going to shows and uh, and buying merch when you do because I I got koozies. Oh, oh you got merch? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barron. Special thanks to our guest, Ralph Guerra. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And look, man, I realize we are overdue for a pussy pod. We are overdue for that reckless relationship talk. So that will be our next episode when we are back on Tuesday. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Enjoy your week. Be safe. Be good to yourselves. Mm